This episode is brought to you by Plastique. That's with a Q. That's Plastique, P-L-A-S-T-I-Q. Plastique empowers businesses to maximize their cash flow and pay for almost any expense with a credit card. Sign up now for a new Plastique account at plastique.com slash TMS and send $50 in fee-free payments. That's Plastique, P-L-A-S-T-I-Q.com slash TMS. This episode is brought to you by Five Star Painting, a neighborly company. Five Star Painting is looking for new owners to join their growing company. Could this be the perfect opportunity for you? Are you driven? Do you have the heartbeat of an entrepreneur? If you're interested in running your own business, text 5STARBIZ, that's 5STARBIZ, to 87000 right now to learn more. Coming up on TMS, full of bongs and porn. Driving Miss Coverville. Everyone's got a little Peter in their brain. Frickity poop stickers. That's not a cigarette. This is a cigarette. Well done. She's a maniac. Wait, is she a maniac? (laughs) (laughs) You did that so realistically, I almost felt like answering your question. We want the real (laughs) cancer-causing agents. Forrest Gump even had dirty dancing. How much underlayment is in the butter sculpture? Therapy Thursday and more on this episode of The Morning Stream. No, this is the first I've heard of it. I'm crestfallen. Save. What's happening? I didn't know any of this. I'm not a business person. You're speaking. Whatever you say is Greek to me. But all these, the mountains of... And uh, and uh, I don't know. It'll all work out, I'm sure. Uh, good luck. Uh, I'll figure it out. Lies, deception. Their milkshakes bring all the boys to the yard. This is the morning stream. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the show. This is TMS, the morning stream for August 29th, 2019. I'm Scott Johnson. That's Brian Nibbett. Good morning. Hi. Hello. Hello. Hey, uh, a quick shout out. <laughs> shout- One of the mountains of yeah, the mountains of uh, uh, Brian Schreiber. Brian, like, slips into like a heavy egg. I don't know what he's talking about. It'll all work itself out. It's fine. <laughs> you, do, you got a little Vince Gilligan in your... Uh, a little Vince Gilligan yeah, now. <laughs> a little bit. Just a little in there. It's fine. A little Vince Gilligan never hurt anybody. Did I, did I do a little whistle, a little whistle in my voice yeah, there. Yeah, uh, you got to give that. And now you got and and now nice James Stewart up on the front porch. Yeah, James Stewart coming back. I like it. They're all coming together. Yep. It's all one. It's all really one accent or one impersonation. Ken Kratz, he's on his way. Don't worry, he'll be here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, real quick here, a shout out to our uh, Floridian friends and anyone in the way of this nasty ass hurricane that's. Seems awful yeah. early for the season, but uh, let's see if we can get an update on that. Hurricane, what is it, Montuba or John Jojo? What is it? Um, Mar- uh, Marion Barry. F- Florence? Uh, not Florence. What's um, Florence the and the Machine? One. I don't know. <laughs> Dorian, thank you. Dorian, Dorian, Dorian. Fruit. It's like the fruit. I was thinking of the fruit. The Dorian, the stinky well, The fruit. fruit's Durian, yeah. Yeah. Close enough, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, they both stink. Let's see. Hurricane Dorian expected to reach Category 4, and it looks like it's... You know what we may do? uh, Tomorrow on PM, if we can swindle it, we'll get uh, Hunts the Wind on here and give us a little update on what's going on. Oh, yeah. Cool. That'd be cool. That would be cool. Yeah. Speaking of people who will be on today... If we can rest them away from uh, Classic, holy cow. (laughs) Yeah, right? He is all up in that. Everyone is uh, on my friends list. Yep. I was in there for about three hours yesterday. No, the day before. I told you this yesterday, I guess. 
And mm-hmm. uh, I still don't. I don't know where I stand. I don't think I. Can, I mean, I, I, I'm. I'm heartened to how excited everybody is and how. Yeah. It, the community's freaking out, and it's a big positive thing, right now for mm-hmm. Blizzard. And they've had kind of a rough year, you know. So, it's nice to have some positivity. But I don't think I can go all the way, dude. I can't. I can't do that. Oh yeah, no, I can't do it. I. Uh, I have downloaded it and I have installed it. And I have not yet hooked up with Tatsumi to get my the name he has reserved. Mm. Like last night, we were going to do um, we're uh, instead of raid, we decided to do classic, or they decided to do classic. Mm-hmm. It's like, all right, cool. You know, I'm going to go up and finish watching that episode of Orange is the New Black <laughs> that I started with Tina. Yeah, why not? Uh, I, I, I mean, no desire to get back into classic. People are either driven to do it or they aren't, and that's okay. Yeah, um, and that's totally fine. It's good to have all these options and stuff that's available to us. Yeah. I, I, I totally agree. I, I do. Mm-hmm. I see it as a net positive, but you know, it's not going to be for everybody. And I think you and I are in the, in right. the boat of probably not for us for now. Anyway, for sure. Yeah. Um. Anyway, uh, maybe we'll do that. And speaking of people who are going to be on the show a little bit here uh, in a bit, we'll have uh, Gidget on. It's the fourth Thursday of the month. That means time for some trivia from Down Under. Uh, so that'll be fun. I'm looking forward to that. Technically, Scott, it's the fifth Thursday of the month, but it's the last Thursday. Oh, that's month. what I mean. It's not fourth, is it? <laughs> this is a long month. The first was a Thursday, so it's like, yeah, we had five Thursdays this month. Yeah, that's weird. Okay. Well, yes, yeah. yeah, so uh, that'll yeah. be good. For those who get paid on Friday, you had three paychecks this month. Oh, my gosh. Think of that. Tomorrow. That's amazing. Yeah. All right. So how did it go with Grandma? I can't sleep until I know. Did everything move out okay? <laughs> and, is she all right? Yeah, so she uh, basically the the kind of um backstory is that she is currently at one assisted living facility she's not happy there we're not happy with the treatment she's getting there i mean she had a uh with last time she came back from the hospital she had this wound on her leg and come to find out they were supposed to be at this facility they were supposed to be changing her bandage yeah they had not changed it for for three weeks before we finally realized that they weren't changing her bandage Ooh. and we saw this thing and I won't even tell you what was going on underneath the the bandage that the hospital put on. Not cool. Like, okay, not good. Yeah, that's she, not there's good. There's a little bit of dementia going on there so it's not like she can be um, relied upon to manage it herself. Um, but uh, So we're moving her out of that facility into another one. We've got to get a room ready at the new place. And so basically right. it was getting, um, uh, we had a new bed for the, the place she's in right now came furnished. She calls it the hell hole, but hell hole came furnished. Oh. And, uh, <laughs> why did she, why did she call it the hell hole? She just not, she just doesn't like it. Yeah. Mm. She says it's a hell hole. She wants to be home. Gotcha. She, 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 I don't know how much she realizes that she just can't go back home and be on her own because it's unsafe. It's a split level house. Yeah. She's going to fall down the stairs, you know, you don't want to set go over the place there. on fire. Yeah. yeah one, the, the thing that kind of triggered this was um, partially a stroke that happened a year and a half ago. And also that uh, at one point my mom went over there kind of a surprise visit and she was cooking something on the stove and right next to the burner that had the pan on a uh, pan on it, there was a stack of mail, you know, paper letters and stuff just sitting next to the burner. It was like, okay, yeah, we got to, this is not safe. Oh yeah, that. Oh, I don't really like to think about that. I, I know exactly. So, so you know, the process is getting stuff together at the new place, and I get uh, uh, yesterday, day before yesterday. So Tuesday, I get a little question from my uh, my uncle and my mom. Hey, can you um, can you help us move some stuff into my grandmother's new 
uh, assisted living room. Like, oh, yeah, not a problem. Replying via text. Oh, sure, not a problem. Hey, can you borrow uh, your next door neighbor's truck? Because I think we're going to have some big stuff to get. It's like, all right, uh, sure. I love having a day's notice to borrow my neighbor's truck, but he was nice enough to say, sure, no problem. Right. So they say, okay, come, you know, swing by your mom's house. We're going to pick some stuff up there that she got, and then we're going to take it down to the other assisted living place. Mm-hmm. I show up there, and lo and behold, nobody's there. Oh, no. <laughs> like, okay, what's going on? I call my mom. Oh, no, we're already down. We were able to fit everything in uh, George's car. Mm-hmm. Like, great. So I have this truck. <laughs> I don't need to haul anything down. So we're so I'm just going to meet you down at the place and probably help load stuff in. Great. Is this Dave's truck, by so, the way? It's Dave's, this uh, is Dave's truck. Okay. This, is, this is Crazy Neighbor's truck. All which right. This thing, it, it's a, uh, what is it, a Ram, uh, a Dodge Ram 150 uh, or 1500, which is huge. Yeah, it's a big truck. Um, I'm not used to driving a big old truck, you me, know? Me either. I, I don't feel like, like it. A, I feel uncomfortable. Can't do it. Yeah. I feel like I'm in a tank and it's like, I don't know how, you know, when I have to park somewhere, I park further out in the lot where I can kind of go further into a space and not have a car in front of me because I know I'm going to overlap either the back end or the front end of the truck at, yeah. uh, out into traffic or whatever. So is this truck anyway, just, is this truck just full of bongs and porn? Like what's his truck like? <laughs> no, no, okay. no, that's all at home. He does all that at home. Oh, okay. No, uh, no bongs in the truck, no. <laughs> uh, okay, all toids and, uh, lollipops that he's gotten from the chase, uh, bank drive through. <laughs> He lets those accumulate for a rainy day. Those accumulate for whatever. Yeah, exactly. All right. So uh, I get down there. We load stuff in. And that's when my mom decides, oh, you know what? We need that yellow recliner from her old house. We're getting her house ready to be sold. Um, And so we've got stuff just about completely cleared out of there. But there are a couple things. And my mom wanted this recliner, this uh, yellow chair, this flowery printed yellow chair. But now she's decided that she wants that here at the new assisted living place. So, well, maybe you could go and pick that up and then bring it back. Oh, okay. So all of a sudden now this is like drive back down to the other end of town. Oh gosh. Grab that, bring it back to the assisted living place because, because I feel like I'm the only one in the family who actually thinks more than a day ahead on things. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Totally dude. I think you might be, you're the other one in my, you're the other one in my immediate family that does it. And you're not even in my immediate family. (laughs) I do. I, I may think, you know, several steps ahead. I don't always act several steps ahead. Like, you know, there's been stuff with this America's Next Top podcaster. It's like, oh, yeah, I need to do this, 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 and this. Yeah. But then it's like, all right, uh, let me let everybody know their schedule uh, three weeks before we start instead of a month and a half before we start. <laughs> right. Sure. Stuff like that happens. I get it. But yeah. I, I still but at least think, it's you not know. not the day before we start. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, you're thinking ahead, and that's good. I'm Nothing wrong with that. Ahead. So anyway, we I went and picked that up, picked up a... A chest of drawers, brought that down, installed it. We got the uh, um, got the room all set up for her. She's going to be moving in like Friday or Saturday. And um, it's just fun going to an assisted living place. And like you've got a you've got a cart that you're wheeling around that's got some furniture on it. Mm. And you're around this corner. And there's a guy looking at you, um, uh, you know, elderly uh, resident. And he's looking at you like, like, okay, who's going first? We're like, oh, no, you come on through. Okay, thanks. And then it's like glacial <laughs> moving around this corner to where we can finally get the uh, the cart moved around it. Like, okay, I'm moving. And I was oh, like, oh, man. man. We just put him on the cart and wheel him wherever he needs to go. <laughs> but uh, 
I like that idea better. Are, elderly people are the best. They're pretty great. I mean, it was one of those They're facilities that we walked and knocked on the door, and and the guy my grandma was dating showed up with no <laughs> pants on. So pantsless. Yeah, pantsless with a with a shirtless um, old lady that was not my grandmother. Boy, the the drama that happened after that. It's good stuff. I can imagine. Holy cow! I can't wow. wait till I'm a thousand years old and I'm just. I know. You know. One someday we're going to be in one of these places probably, and. Uh, uh, you know, it's just, it seems like it's a million years from now, but it's <laughs> right. It seems like oh, the last place, about it. it seems like the last place forgot about the assisted part. Like change, really did. change yeah. the dressing on barely, her thing. She's old. Do it. Fix it. Barely <laughs> considering the living part. <laughs> they do the, the, forget the assisted. Um, this is a new place, man. They're there. Uh, we've walked by the dining room. The food looks really good. There's a, a dining room on um, each floor. There's a, there are three floors to this place, or maybe mm. it's just on the second and third floor. Mm. And the view from the dining room, it's like uh, you get the mountains and everything. It's beautiful. Overlooking the city, it's like, oh, I, don't, I almost want to bosom buddies myself into like a, an elderly outfit like <laughs> Tom Hanks and Peter Scolari. And, uh, <laughs> I like it. And like pretend I'm old so I can live there. Sure. The food. Yeah. The, the bosom buddies too. We're old now or That's however right. it would go. Sure. Exactly. Surprised that that's a movie or that's a show that has not been rebooted. In yeah, some form. I think so too. It seems like one that would probably, or at the very least, like, why hasn't Tom Hanks on one of his SNL hosting gigs shown up with Peter, Peter Scolari for a little one off sketch or something? <laughs> right. Oh my God. Yeah. No kidding. Now that they're older, like, wouldn't it be, you know, be funny to sort of address that now? And I don't, know, I don't know why. Thinking about that, that, he doesn't really do a lot of that on SNL. Like, it's all new properties or new yeah. new character sketches. He doesn't do, like, one of the guy from Castaway was uh, <laughs> <laughs> the guy who's Captain Phillips. Yeah, why Why don't they do... You'd think they would. He's, it's such iconic career moments like Forrest Gump and Castaway and, you know, all that stuff. Why, why aren't more of those yeah. things, you know, Splash, whatever, like... I, yeah, I, right. they're just falling out of my brain now but all the old Tom Hanks stuff none of it ever gets pander, or, uh, um, uh, parodied and I don't know why never got that huh. but he hosts all the time yeah. he's always hosting hosts all the time I think it's because he lives close he's like John Goodman and uh, Alec Baldwin he he lives or at least has a place in New York a place mm -hmm. nearby mm -hmm. and so when Miley Cyrus drops out they can say uh, uh, John Goodman we need you come yeah. on in you're, you're a new host they're or, just uh, up the road this is so yeah, dumb. Exactly. Anyway, uh, SNL. Rainbow Bright says that that a reboot of Bosom Buddies would be considered insensitive. I don't know if it would necessarily, right? Like an old. I think it'd be okay. Like a, a couple pretending to be women, a couple of guys pretending to be women. Yeah, it'd be all right. If they don't if they don't, you know, like be obnoxious about, uh, um, I don't know, sexist comments about what it's like being a woman mm -hmm. yeah they'd have to they could still is that, is that, the, is that the thing would there be too much well, i don't know there was white movie. chicks and there was like uh yeah uh, there's the other girl or whatever it is with rob schneider and... <laughs> right i'm not saying any of these things are good i'm just saying it can be done it can <laughs> yeah, be done that's true it can be done some like it hot with jack lemon and <laughs> yeah let's go way back that's a great idea. Yeah. Hey, look, I got to play this. Trivial things. It's trivial things with Gidget Von LaRue. Trivial things. Hi, Gidget. Hi. Hi. How <laughs> did we catch you at mid, uh, mid drink? Mid, mid, mid durry. Oh, mid. What's a oh. mid durry? What's a durry? I don't know what that is. Uh, a du a, durry, a durry, durry was sort of um, brought up during, I think, World War II mostly. 
for Australians going out for a cigarette. Oh, gotcha. Oh, so if you were yeah. in the war and you track. were like, uh, oh, I'm going to go out for a quick dury, that's yeah. th- that meant you were going to go get a smoke. That's interesting. Never heard of that. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, we all learned huh. something today. I feel like I learned and, something. And it looks like it's mostly roll your own, too. Like, uh, <laughs> duries are... Uh, uh, not just regular cigarettes, but but according to this dictionary, especially a roll your own. Oh, is it? Um, they pro- probably, <laughs> probably were in World War Two, but um, yeah. when when I when I come on to podcasts, I always have my glass of wine and a packet of durries <laughs> nice. ready to nice. go because I know Scott hates smoking. I I don't hate it. I just don't do it, and I do also it. don't like yeah. I don't like being next to it. Uh, like yeah. in a seat, if I'm sitting somewhere and I, someone's blowing I don't smoke, blame you. Yeah, that's my, all. My partner doesn't smoke or drink. Yeah, so oh. he's exactly like you, Scott. He doesn't he doesn't indulge in anything unless it's something super nauseous. Um, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but but it's one of those things that I only do it occasionally. I don't do it all the time because uh, I, I, when I was in Vegas with you guys, yeah. uh, a pack of cigarettes was like. Eight dollars or six dollars or something in Australia, it's thirty-two to thirty-five dollars. Holy cow! For a for yeah. a pack of or a carton, a pack, just a pack. I, just, what? Just, I thought and eight dollars. And we've got these. High. Oh my gosh! Warning things. Wow! On there. Oh. And that's oh, not the worst geez. one. There's a dead guy on one of them. Wow! wow. So hold on that a second. Right yeah. on that, that's, that's right on the label of the that's cigarettes. That's awesome because yeah. we have <laughs> we have pretty hardcore labels, but they don't look like that. We don't have like a big eyeball no. that says, "Hey, you're gonna die." Wow. I can't. I can't believe oh, no, anybody. We, we've, had... we've got dead babies on the packets. We've got a dead guy. Oh, um, oh, wow. <laughs> they're, they're just and and you can't when when you go to buy them, you can't. They have to hide them now, so they they're not allowed to show them. So uh, the poor people selling them have just got to like tussle. But yeah, yeah no it's kidding. too expensive to be a habit now so most of the people roll their own so yeah it's going back to being called durries i'm amazed that uh anybody smokes in australia like it seems like there's so so much on there as a deterrent Mm -hmm. i know price and the photos of dead people yeah you know it's it's a bit like prohibition in america i think they're all going black market Mm. so uh rather than like there's heaps of mexican uh drug cartels trying to get drugs in australia because we pay the most for them Sure. So now they're trying to get cigarettes in Australia and sell them underground. So the mid, the minute you push anything illegal underground, people will find a way because they, they like it. Want, it's the yeah, prohibition, exactly. you know, the speakeasies and stuff. People will find a way. If they like it, they'll find a way to is, know, uh, get it. Is vaping a thing down under? Not as big as America. Mm. Okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's, it's the, the, huge that, that surprised here. me yeah. when I was in Vegas. The amount of people vaping because mm-hmm. that's got a lot more smoke, like not smoke, but but output. You know, bill of, yeah, output. Yes. Yeah. Right. So output. that that really surprised me. But yeah, I've I've not encountered anybody in Australia vaping. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes it's like you're walking through a box of Captain Crunch. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it just goes to that stereotype that Australians, Aussies, are like tougher than us. Because they want the real cancer-causing agents, not some fake freaking pen. <laughs> right, not some exactly. fancy pen. They want to fight cancer on their we own terms. The real stuff. That's right. Yeah, we got the real. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. I'm excited to have you here because we're gonna have some trivia time. Did I win last time? I did, didn't I? 
I you won. Did. Yeah, so you did. Brian needs some but revenge. This is, this is 80s music this time, so I think Brian might stand. Oh, he's going to we'll, yeah. we'll see. Yeah. Probably going to kill me, is my thinking. He's going to whoop my arse. Uh, that's how you say it down there. <laughs> arse, <laughs> right? You say arse. Anyway, arse. Uh, so why don't you. Uh, we spell it A S S, and we spell it A R S E. A R S E. Yeah, get off your arse and yeah. do the thing. Arse. So let's uh, let's dive in. Uh, do you want to just go for it and start uh, doing this? How do we how do we pick who goes first and all of that? What are the rules here? All right. So I've I've actually put your names next to each question because I tried to make them as even as possible. Okay. Oh, good. So, so Brian is going first this time. Okay. All right. And I'm hiding the chat room right now. Officially. Yeah. I'm Goodbye, chat room. As well. Goodbye, chat. It was nice knowing you for Bye, the next chat. twenty minutes or so. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> well, you don't have to hide the chat uh, gadget, but Scott and I do. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. No, I love the chat. They're they're awesome, and they give me really good feedback. So oh, good. love you guys. Wonderful. Okay, number one, Brian. Uh, uh-huh. Who had the hit yeah. song "When the Going Gets Tough"? When the going gets tough. <laughs> this is from the. Uh, <clears throat> it's from the follow-up to "Romancing the Stone." I believe that was uh, Billy Ocean. I can't remember that. What well, Jewel of the Nile was the film. Jewel of the uh, Nile. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Billy Ocean. Good yeah. job. Well done. Yep. Oh, by the way, when you get it right, you'll hear this. And if you get it wrong, you hear this. So we have our buzzers today. Uh, well done, That's Brian. Not Out one of the of gate. Billy Ocean's, not one of Billy Ocean's four number one hits that had exactly eight words. Right. <laughs> did he get out of my car and get into my thing or whatever it was did that what was uh, get out get out of my caribbean dream. Queen. Oh, dreams. My car. caribbean queen no more love on the run suddenly is, is another one no more nope. love yeah. on the run nope that's that's more than eight run. words i mean less than eight words yeah uh there'll be sad songs to make you cry yeah yeah get and... out of my butt and into my car oh, <laughs> get out of my dreams Get out of my dreams. Get out of my I can't butt. think of the fourth one. He had four, but the, that's three of the four that had exactly eight words. Basically five songs that are that he's known for. So, well, right, exactly. It's all right, yeah. chat room. Scott's not showing me because I'm smoking. Yeah. Oh, I can show you. <laughs> it's it's against Twitch uh, Terms of Service. Oh, it actually is, yeah, isn't exactly. it? I think yeah. it is. Right, I'll, stop. Is it I'll stop. I'll stop. I think oh, legit, oh, now that you mentioned that, I, I yeah, didn't I think about it. Yeah, I even showed the packet. Yeah. There I think go. it's like legit against Terms of Service. But, oh really? Okay, yeah. I, was kind of, I was joking when I said that. <laughs> I forgot. I'm not 100 percent sure on that. Somebody could clarify, but I think that's true. Anyway, no, I'll stop. I'll all stop. Right. All right. You're all, you're all so good. Scott. Yeah. All right. Who sang "The Heat Is On" from the 1984 movie Beverly Hills Cop? The heat is on. The heat is on. On. Hold on. Oh my gosh, dude! This is going to be harder than I thought. <laughs> um. I started off easy too. Is it the the heat is on? Oh, 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 yes, it does. It does. It's, uh, uh, no, I know this. Find it. It was Find on, it. Uh, uh, they had a uh, Miami Vice a couple of times. Uh huh. Uh, he was an eagle. Hold on. He was. Yes. He's not with us anymore. Glenn Fry. There you go. Yes. Oh, there you go. Oh, geez. Yes. This is going to be, this Tip. is going to take it out of me, man. <laughs> no, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. Just just go with it. You'll All be right. fine. All right. Okay, so well done. Yep. Uh, founding good. member of the Eagles, uh, Take It Easy, To Kill a Sunrise, Lion Eyes, New Kid in Town, Heartache Tonight. Some people are just so talented. Yeah. He All really right. Is. So, was. Brian. <laughs> yeah, <Yes>. was. <laughs> you know, death sucks, doesn't yeah, it? Death it does. Um, yeah. yeah, I know. Um, all right, Brian, uh, yeah. which country is home to Berlin, the performers of the love song from the 1986 oh, yeah. film 
Top Gun, Take My Breath Away. Sure. Um, all right. So uh, uh, Berlin. While Brian thinks this real quick, there that this concert series Brian I was telling you about where Tiffany's playing. Yeah. They played. Yeah. They played here like for, uh, like a month ago. Freaking Berlin. Oh, Berlin did. Yeah. Of all the bands cool. with, of the eighties, with Berlin. Terry Nunn. I uh, I didn't go so much. Oh, yeah, sure. it would have to be. I don't think you could do uh, Berlin without Terry Nunn is like yellow without Jeff Lynn. Mm. Uh, Terry Nunn, man, <laughs> had such right. a crush on her. Berlin, I believe, is uh, from America. I don't think there's any uh, any foreignness. There's certainly no Germanness to Berlin. Correct. You are correct. Yeah, yeah. a new wave band from Orange County, California. Nice. Oh, really? Therefore, I wouldn't. I would fight out east, but cool. California. Sure. Yeah. All right. So far, right. one see, to one. I still, I still write on paper. Yeah. By the way, you <laughs> wow, guys you were talking about the other. Yeah. You write a you lot guys, on paper. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I, I'm, I am burning up every forest in the world. Yep. She smokes um, real cigarettes, no filters. She gets right. the paper. <laughs> You're writing on real paper. Rebel, Man, this is great. Okay. Okay, Scott. Uh, name the 80s movie theme tune from the following lyrics. Okay. You're burning, yearning for somebody to tell you that life ain't passing you by. Burning, yearning. Do I need to? I need to name the song or the movie. If you name the you song, you name, name the movie. Just name the song, you're fine. <laughs> That's right. Because oh, you name the song, song, you name the movie. Oh. Yeah. If you name the song, you name the movie. Can I have the? Can you repeat the thing again? Okay. You're burning, yearning for somebody to tell you that life ain't passing you by. Do you oh, I got it! I got it! It was filmed here. Footloose. Yes. <laughs> Very good. Yes. yes. <laughs> oh my gosh! I couldn't. I, the burning, yearning. That's the part yearning. that kicked into my yeah, head. That's finally. the. That's yeah. the key Life right there. Passing you by. Yeah, I got it now. Oh, Very good. It was yeah, filmed well like done. twenty minutes okay. that way. It's in the shitty uh, freaking flower plant thing that we have here. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> All right, Brian. Yes. Um, what Simon and Garfunkel song? Did the All Girls Band, The Bangles, cover in 1987 for the movie Less Than Zero? Oh, um, look around, hear the sound, and a hand. it's a hazy shade of winter. winter. Yep. <laughs> Tina loves that soundtrack too, which I'm, I'm fine with it too. I mean, you got uh, going back to Cali, you got, um, oh, what else is on that? You don't have a you don't have a uh, cover or you don't have any versions of the song that the movie is named for, which is an Elvis Costello. Uh, song. Well, I've got a, I've got other songs that uh, they recorded. It was "Walk Like an Egyptian," mm-hmm. "Manic Monday," "Eternal Flame," and of course, you got the awesome Susanna Hoffs. Oh yeah, as the lead she's, singer, she's she a little fantastic. hot little number. She still is. Mm-hmm. Um, she's still beautiful. Yeah. 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 Oh, is anyone in the chat room keeping score? Oh, uh, it's three. Oh, it's, it's two, two to two. one. We uh, well, no, Brian has three. I have oh, two. Oh, three, two, three, two. But so far, we yeah, haven't. Yeah, you guys are kicking it out the park. Yeah, yeah. I knew. I knew you guys would be good at this. All right, Scott. Yeah. Which 1986 movie features Love Missile F-111 by Six Six Sputnik? Jeez. Oh, <laughs> what film? Give me the name of the song again, or the band, or whatever it was. The whole, give me the whole thing. I'll give you the, I'll give you the whole caboodle, <laughs> baby. All right, it's missile F one dash eleven by Sig Sig Sputnik. Sig Sig Sputnik. Yeah, it was a nineteen eighty six huge movie. 
Huge movie. Yeah. 86. 86. Oh my gosh, dude. Um, I mean, the biggest movie in 86 was like Top Gun. Is it Top Gun? Damn it! Ah, mm-hmm. oh, frick! You want to throw it to Brian? Yeah. Throw it to me, but I'm not sure I'm going to catch it. Um, I know the song. I don't know. Oh, uh, um, it was. Uh, this is a movie that doesn't have a soundtrack. Or it doesn't have a, uh, an official released album, correct? This was just included in the soundtrack of the film? I think so, yeah. I think it's Ferris Bueller's Day Off. You are exactly right. Damn it! You are right! Frickety yeah. poop right. stickers. Gosh, and it was John it. Hughes, and it, uh, yeah, Sig Sig Sputnik, this punk band that used a lot of um, uh, Gundam artwork yeah. <laughs> in their, in their uh, I was going to do another song, but I thought stuff. that one was really obscure. Yeah. So, you know, even, even I was like, oh, you know, and I, I thought about it, and I thought, no, that's a good one to chuck. All right, Brian. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which band performed the theme song to the 80s movie Pretty in Pink? Oh, well, uh, it, uh, the the name of the movie was taken from the song, which is a Psychedelic Furs song. And uh, yes. uh, so the Psychedelic Furs is the answer. Do you know the movie? Oh, Pretty in Pink. Yeah. And she's saying, well, didn't you, didn't you tell me Pretty in Pink is part said, of the question? Yeah, I think she said Pretty in Pink. <laughs> I, I did. I just want to see if you remembered. <laughs> Who's keeping score? Does that give you two bonus? You got basically two up on me now, right? Oh, right, yeah. Uh, I've lost track now. Crap. Two to four, Katsumi. Right. K. Katsumi no, says I two I to somebody, four. I'm sure somebody. Yeah, yeah, somebody in the chat room. I can't see the chat room, so I assume somebody in there is keeping score. I just alt tab. K. Hey, Katsumi has it at two to four currently. Okay. Cool. All right, now I'm hiding them again. Goodbye. All right. All right, Scott. Relax. Uh, I'm ready. You fine. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Okay. Frank, you say relax. <laughs> Who sang Ghostbusters for the 1984 movie Ghostbusters? Oh, um, that's easy. That's, um, oh, yeah, that's real easy if you're thinking about it. <laughs> um, that's easy. Um, don't say oh, Huey Lewis. Don't what, say what Huey Lewis. <laughs> don't say Huey Lewis. Um, <laughs> don't say Billy Ocean. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Herbert von uh, Finkelpin. He's a, he's a junior. He's a junior. Hold All on. Right, have, yep, a, have a, a moment. <laughs> have a moment. Just think about it. He's a junior. He's a junior. Think about the the, the song. Think about the film clip. It's something straight. Ray Parker Jr. That's it. There you yes. Go. Oh. Yes. There we go. <laughs> well yeah. done. Holy Scott, shit. you're actually you're actually a lot like me. I, my brain just goes into like fart mode for a moment. Yeah. And then, yeah. and then we're getting so lazy with being able to Google things that our brain's getting lazier and totally. lazier. That's yeah. what you, what Scott's doing is exactly what I do at trivia night with the uh, with the team. And unfortunately, <laughs> while I'm like fun- filing through the uh, the folders, the Manila folders in my mind, one of the other members of the team is kind of shouting the answer at the rest of the table, like, "Oh, come <laughs> on! I was gonna have it. I would have had it a second ago." <laughs> that's it. That's it. I, I find myself like I really try to resist. Googling mm-hmm. something, and I oh, try yeah. to make my brain think of it. Mm-hmm. Okay, Appreciate Brian. Yeah. All right, this is your question, dude. All right, let's let's do it. What is the name of the 1968 Jackie DeShannon song re-recorded by Annie Lennox and Al Green, used in the 1988 comedy Scrooged? 
I believe, and I could be this one. I'm I'm thinking, I'm hoping that I'm thinking of the right song. It's a cover. Come on, you gotta you gotta give yeah. it to me. I believe it is "Put a Little Love in Your Heart." You are exactly right. Oh, yeah. that's right. I wouldn't have been able Jackie to Jackie DeShannon also, by the way, uh, if I remember correctly, did the original version of Betty Davis Eyes mm. that uh, Kim Carnes covered really? and turned into a big hit. Yeah. Yeah, Jackie I didn't DeShannon. even know that was a cover. I didn't know yeah. that. This happens. It's so okay. much more countrified. The original oh, yeah. Jackie DeShannon version is so country. Like, it's weird. It happens it's a weird all the time. time with Brian, by the way. I find out that <laughs> Tainted Love, <laughs> ever since Tainted Love, I just don't believe anything's ever not a cover anymore. Right, yeah. No, I blew your well, mind with, uh, like I got a, my mind set on you. <laughs> Isn't it? It's the Whitney Houston song. I mean, it was a Dolly Parton song, and yeah. then Whitney yeah. Houston just grabbed it. it and just, woof, yeah. and just went exploded off. it. Yeah. yeah. And thanks to that, um, Nick Lowe, now, like, he was able to move into a better house because um, there's also a cover of What's So Funny About Peace, Love, and Understanding on the Bodyguard soundtrack. Mm. And because everybody bought the soundtrack for that Whitney Houston song, he got royalties too, so he was able That's to. That's awesome. Bodyguard really nice is huge. I think it's still the number one best-selling. I think so. Soundtrack from a movie of all time. Yeah, and I'm it had pretty, the. I'm pretty sure that. And it had yeah. the Mariner on there. The Mariner was in that movie with his gills. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. yeah. Pretty good. Pretty good. All right, Scott. Yeah. Uh, what '80s musical movie includes the tracks "Da Do," "Some Fun Now." And somewhere that's green. <laughs> give me the three again, Brian please. Brian knows it. Look at Brian's face. Know. He knows can it. You get, can you I give bought a, this. Give me I have this on vinyl right there. <laughs> give me give me the names again. Okay, so it is Dadu. 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 Uh, some fun now, and somewhere that's green. Oh. Oh, 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 you just, the the thing you did there at the middle there, that got Yeah, me. I just sang um, a bit of it. I don't know if that's a cheat. <laughs> Sorry, Brian. Um, no, no, that's all right. Uh, uh, Steve Martin and uh, um, uh, uh, Rick Moranis uh, deal. Uh, mm-hmm. They're based on the play. Uh, it's uh, the big, with the big uh, man-eating, fl- uh, fly-catching, plant-looking units. <laughs> you see more? Uh, little, little Shop of Horrors. Little Shop of Horrors. Yes. Oh, my gosh, yes. dude. How did I get that yeah. one? Yeah. <laughs> do, do you know that's the only movie that um, Steve Martin and Bill Murray were in together ever? Wait a minute. Bill Murray was in that? I don't remember him being yeah, in that. Yeah, he was the patient, the uh, the sadistic. Oh, uh, right. Exactly. Uh, or the, the masochistic uh, right. dentist. One patient. of the pain. One of that's the right. pain. That's true, but, but he was isn't on. That amazing though, because they're two of my favorite comedic actors, and that's the only movie they've ever been in together. It thanks is, to Frank crazy. Oz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No kidding. But they, and you know, and you know who played that character, Bill Murray's character in the original, no. the uh, the old black and white little shop of horrors, mm. Jack Nicholson. Jack Nicholson. Oh, no way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. You know, Steve Martin used to come do that regular uh, wild and crazy guys thing on SNL when Bill Murray oh, was there. Oh, so, God. So I guess those guys were together there, but they never did movies, and that's weird. They should do them now. They should make an old well, guy. Well, the movie. wild and the other wild and crazy guy was Aykroyd. Well, right, but I just Bill mean Murray. I just mean he was oh, there when they yeah. were there, and so right, right, right. They should stop everything now. Go make a show. Go make a movie about two old guys trying to make it in New York or something, there's your movie. <laughs> yes. Yes, there should I be. A, I, I completely agree, although I think Steve Martin has had some plastic surgery and he looks a bit like a Korean woman now, so that's a bit <laughs> weird. Um, but, wow. 
Bill Murray's just sort of relaxed into his old age. Yeah, I love face. it. Yeah, everyone loves those. Put those two guys in your uh, in your bosom buddies remake, and you'll make a million bucks yep. right there. Hot money. Yeah, they should do like an an odd angry couple or something like that. It, yeah, I'm uh, in. yeah. I, I'm. Let's get this started. All right. Okay, Brian. Yes. All right. Who's saying? <laughs> Sorry, I did your questions a little bit tougher because I know you're the music That's totally guy. fine. That's totally fine. Okay. Who sang the never-ending story for the 1984 <laughs> fantasy movie? Why, that would be Kaja Gugu's lead singer, Lamal. That is correct. <laughs> and, and multicolored mullet-wearing Lamal. <laughs> would, not a you know chance in hell by? I get that. That's oh, too who hard. wrote uh, the theme song for? Never oh, uh, Georgie Moroder, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I don't yeah, know who any of those people like are. All of, of those names you could have made up, and I wouldn't know. You absolutely – well, you know who Kaja Gugu is. Too shy, shy, hush, hush, how do I? Oh. Lamal was the lead singer of that band. Okay. And Giorgio Moroder, he was actually the musician who did Take My Breath Away for Top Gun, and, and it was really just Terry Nunn's vocals on top of his – his production. He also did that album yeah. with Daft Punk a couple of years ago. Oh, okay. Oh, Georgia Moroder is a is a god. Like yeah. there's so electric, many of them. Electric dreams and. Uh, I think he wrote um, flat flash dance. Flash dance. I think if oh, I really? Correctly. Hmm. She's yeah. a maniac. I that I don't know. Wait, she a yeah. maniac? Yeah, she's a maniac on the floor. That's yeah. it. Well, that's, that's it. Michael. Well Samuel. done, Scott. He wrote. She's a maniac. Yeah. <laughs> is that the one that was one of my uh, favorite? Okay. Yep. Okay. So, all right. <laughs> oh, and who sang it in Stranger Things? Did you guys watch Stranger Things? Yeah, they sing. The kids do, don't they? I haven't seen that. Which kids? They sing. They sing. Uh, this is not a point thing. This is just curiosity. Well, they sing the never-ending story. Like it's the. Um, but you know who sings it? Well, the kid without the, the front teeth. <laughs> <laughs> Dustin and Susie. Dustin and it's Susie. It's good. Yeah. It, it is really good. Yeah. Yeah, it introduced a whole heap of people to that music and that movie, and that that was really cool. They do harmonization and everything, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and they sang it well. Yeah. All right, so, Scott, number 12. Oh, I didn't tell a sex story at the beginning of this, did I? (laughs) Oh, next time. Next time, I've got heaps of them. Okay. Um, All right, so, Scott, uh, what British band contributed to the movie Xanadu? Um, (laughs) What British band? Yeah, yeah, well, it's, it's, it's what we just talked about this morning. It's ELO, Electric Light Orchestra. <laughs> yes, oh. correct. It's right there on my shirt. That's funny because it's on Brian's oh shirt. My God. And we talked about it today. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's awesome. All right. Someone in the chat. Yeah, the movie, the movie was a flop. Soundtrack was a success. Magic Xanadu. It was number one in the US and the UK. Fifth most popular soundtrack of 1981. That movie so, was not a flop in the jo- it. it was not a flop in the Johnson House. We we revered that film when yeah. I was a kid. Yeah, we uh, loved it. Just, Soundtrack, yes. Film is uh, No, we loved the movie oh, in my come house. On. It's got not hold in, John. It's got you know, you know, we analyzed this. Oh, the Richard Cinema me, analyzed I, it. It yeah. was the casting of him. Like not not Gene Kelly, um, Michael from the Warriors. Yeah. There was right, no the, chemistry between him painter. and Olivia Newton John. If it had been mm-hmm. John Travolta or someone else it might have been a meta movie, but mm. like Sophia Coppola with Godfather Three, mm-hmm. you just need that just one person casting. to completely stuff it up. 
Yeah. yeah. It's got issues. It's kind of a terrible movie in retrospect. But at the time, me and my sisters thought it was the greatest thing ever, and we watched it incessantly on, D- on VHS. Yeah, when was the last God, time you saw it? It's still the greatest thing. Oh, it, it was is like still the 80s. Thing. No, I assume we, it's we terrible were, now. We podcasted it, and we got a huge response. Yeah, but I'm sure it's <laughs> like terrible huge. now. Like, if we watch this for Film Sack, there's no way no. this is good. There's no way this yeah. is good. It can't be good. No, I'm telling you, it's Michael, what's his face? He, he was just dreadful. Yeah. Um, that's what that's Perret? what messed it up. No, Jane Kelly is What's the guy's name? Michael I keep wanting to say Pre- Michael Prey, but it's not Michael Prey. That was uh, uh, but he pray love. I have no what, idea. what is it? Michael from Panetti. the Warriors. Pen Penzance, Pirate of Penzance. Michael Penzance. <laughs> <laughs> is he the one that does the come out and play? EA? That's not him. Not that guy. The other guy. He wasn't in much. He was in the Warriors, and he was actually quite good in the Warriors. But then they put him mm. in this, and it was the one of the worst miscastings ever in a movie because it did didn't work. A, because Olivia had more a, chemistry uh, with Jane. Do you wear a baseball uniform? Yeah, it's true. It wasn't. It wasn't it's not, it's not James it Remar, is it? James Remar? Not James Remar. Nope. No, but James Remar was in. Uh, was in. Uh, someone said Michael Bublé. So what? Someone in the chat said. said Michael Bublé. <laughs> Michael Beck. Okay, Brian, yeah. it is yeah. your next question. It's number 13. All right. Name the song and movie from these lyrics. I've got more in me and you can set me free. I can catch the moon in my hand. I've got more in me and you can set me free. I can catch the moon in my I can catch the moon in my hand feels like the thing that should be the memorable part of this. Ooh, usually, and usually lyrics are my thing. I've got more in me. Do you want me to sing a bit of it? Doesn't have any ring and no bell ring. I don't know if me. that would be. I don't know if that would be fair. I but sang it a bit me. for Scott. <laughs> I did sing a little bit for Scott, so I oh, can at least sing the first me. line. All right, well, yep. Only... Give me, give me a little bit All of right. uh, melody. I've got more in me. And you can set me free. That's Irene Cara right there singing uh, uh, Fame. That is correct. Fame. I had to think and make sure it wasn't Flashdance because she did Flashdance as well. And I want to make sure that like I wasn't thinking of the wrong Irene Cara song. Irene Cara. I I try to pick different movies for each of the the, the rounds. In my hands. Yeah. All right. I am. Remember my name. (laughs) 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 all right scott number 14 what 80s bond movie did aha record the song for (laughs) again we kind of talked about this this morning with aha but i I don't actually said the name oh i forgot this um it would have been oh which bond is it don't tell me you can't tell me uh oh we just talked about this on a trivia thing ourselves. The Living Daylights. The Living Daylights. Very good. That is absolutely correct. Oh well gosh. done. Okay. Timothy Dalton. It was the, the 15th Bond movie. It was the first film without Roger Moore. He was uh, 59 years old. Oh, wow. And it was by John Barry. Was that, that was the first of the Dalton uh, Bonds? Was Living yep. Daylights? I guess it was. Yeah. Yeah. Who, who was 59? Roger, Roger was getting a bit old in the tooth. Uh, Roger Moore really. was 59 then? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Doesn't seem that old. Yeah, Did you know right. that Roger Moore is older than Sean Connery or was? <laughs> uh, yeah. 
Oh, did he? Oh, he died. Well, like two it? or three years. Yeah, Roger Moore passed. But I think Sean Connery's like eighty. He just had his eighty-something birthday, and there's Probably something weird about it. You just don't want to see a photo of them. Mm. Oh, really? Yeah, just kind of think they've got that yeah. old man face now, and yeah. you just don't want to mm, remember them that way. And it's mm. like, oh, please, no one take a photo of him. Yeah. Okay, uh, Brian. Yes. Number fifteen. All right. And that wasn't me the other day, that girl. That, <laughs> that still, was not me. I still, but I think the the one who called and left a message may not have been you, but the one who called in during the show that we played, I swear to God, that was you. The time before, I've done it once. Yes. Okay. I've done it once. I promise you, I didn't leave a message. So that, that poor little girl, that's her voice. All right. So number 15, yeah. who composed, Brian, the soundtrack songs for the 1984 movie, The Woman in Red? Oh, uh, Gene Wilder, and I'm not, that's not my answer, but I'm saying a Gene Wilder uh, film with uh, not Rebecca De Mornay, who's the other, uh, the, the British hotness, what would you little maniacs like to do first, weird science. Kelly LeBrock. Kelly LeBrock, thank yeah. you. I think, um, I know that I just called to say I love you was from that film, so I assume Stevie Wonder did more than just that song for the soundtrack. So I'm going to say Stevie Wonder. You are exactly right. Yay! Yay! Yep. Yeah, I just called to say I love you. It won an Oscar. Yeah. Uh, it was best-selling single to date. Uh, Gene Wilder, Kelly LeBrock, Charles Grodin is brilliant in it. He also wrote Love, Light and Flight, Don't Drive Drunk, and it also features the wonderful Dionne Warwick. So brilliant, to, brilliant That was on soundtrack. HBO all the time in the, mm. <laughs> in the 80s. It was, like it was our second podcast. It was our second podcast. When we started, Gene Wilder just died. Mm. So we saw, thought, oh, it's 80s. What what movie do we do? And we, we churned out that one. Mm. Okay, who was, Scott. Who was his wife in? Because like he was cheating on his wife with uh, Kelly LeBrock. Who was yeah. his wife in that? He never remember? officially cheated. Well, I guess no. They just ended up in a hotel room and he And Kelly LeBrock was go naked with it. and he had yeah. to go out on the window. and. Yeah, that yeah. was the part of the movie that I kept seeing on HBO that was all right with me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it was Kelly LeBrock. <laughs> I mean, you yeah, know. Exactly. Jeez, yeah. you can't complain about that one. She was made um, by Anthony Michael Hall, for Pete's sake. Yeah, she came out of a bathroom, was created from a bra and a rocket, and yeah, she's, exactly. she's excellent. Didn't she jump right, out of a Scott. window or something? I remember her jumping out of a window in that movie. Why do I have she, that in my memory? Uh, no, no, Gene Wilder's character out window, jumped window. out the window. Oh. And she was married to Steven Seagal for a, bite, for a bit. Jeez. Really? Mm. Yes. Yeah. Ugh. Hey, baby. I oh, know. Then he married <laughs> Vladimir Putin. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Sorry. You have one for me? What do you got there? I do have one for you. What two Har- Harry Belafonte songs oh, were used in the 1988 fantasy comedy horror movie Beetlejuice? Ooh. Harry Belafonte songs? Come on. Harry Belafonte. You know Harry Belafonte. Think, think of the main songs that were in Beetlejuice. Uh... Tally, They've got a couple of names. So tally, you can tally me banana song, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. That's it, banana boat song. Yep, nineteen mm-hmm. from nineteen fifty six. Okay. And the other one is. Um. Shoot, I don't know this one. It's I know the banana boat song. What else does he do? I don't even know what else he has. <laughs> Well, it's just they they use two of them in this movie. Do you want to throw uh, it to Brian? Yeah, I don't know the second one. Yeah, I'm not 100 percent sure on the title, uh, but it's the one it's the one at the very end that uh, 
uh, closes out the film and it has Winona Ryder kind of floating up doing the song. Um, is it Jump in the Line? Rock- You're exactly right. Jump- yeah, Damn it's officially it. called Dayo, but it's also called oh, Jump in the Line. Dayo, yeah, that a, thing. Jamaican work song. Well, well Dayo day is, day is uh, the banana time. boat song. Oh, it is? Oh, yeah. I believe, I believe you. you. <laughs> oh, Jump in okay, the Line. I believe you, Jump uh, in the Line. Hook your body in time. All right, now I know it. All right, I'm All losing. All right, so you get a point each there. Okay. So whoever's keeping score. Yeah, chat room, whoever's doing that. You get a point each. All right, Brian. Yes. What was the, what was the decade of the 80s top-selling movie soundtrack? All right, oh, I'll give, the, I'll give, I'll I'll give you the options. Yeah, Yeah. Okay. what was the best-selling soundtrack? All right, I've got options. Of the 80s, okay. Dirty Dancing, Batman, Purple Rain, Flashdance, The Blues Brothers, or Top Gun? Oh wow! Okay, those would all be huge. A Dirty Dancing, for some reason, just rising rising to the top. But I'm wondering if like so many Prince fans picked up that that Batman soundtrack, expecting it to be more Princey and less, you know, more like Bat Dance and less like uh, the rest of the stuff that was on there. Um, I don't think Purple Rain, as much as I want Purple Rain to be the best selling soundtrack of the '80s, I don't think it was. I think Dirty Dancing just had more wider uh, audience appeal to it. I'm going to say Dirty Dancing. I'm probably wrong, but I'm going to say Dirty Dancing. You are wrong. Scott, do you want to go? Uh, Purple Rain. Correct. It was Purple Rain. (laughs) (laughs) I think So 13 million copies and it's still the number third. uh, So Prince, 25 million copies sold, numerous awards, Third best-selling soundtrack of all time. Number one is The Bodyguard. Mm. Two, Saturday Night Fever. Three, mm. Purple Rain. Four, Forrest Gump. Oh, oh really? Uh, Forrest Gump yeah. even ahead of Dirty Dancing. It, You know yeah. what? Purple Rain deserves to be up there, so I'm glad, uh, yeah, glad to is, see this, it is up this there. This is overall so far. So number five was Dirty Dancing, so you were really close, mm. Brian. Mm-hmm. Uh, number six, Titanic. Number seven, The Lion King. Eight foot loose, number nine, Top Gun, and number ten, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Yeah, but if you're just mm. counting 80s, that thing is what, third? Uh, Pur- Purple Rain is number one. Number one, but yeah. what's. Uh, Dirty Dancing was number three. Number three in the 80s. What was number two in, in the, the 80s? 80s? What was number two in the well, 80s? And, oh, well, if, if Forrest Gump was the only thing between. Forrest Gump is 94. It's not in the 80s. Exactly. So if Forrest Gump yeah. is on, the only thing in your list between Purple Rain and Dirty Dancing, I would put Dirty Dancing at the second in the 80s. Oh, right. I think it was something like Top Gun or something was number two. Well, okay. Oh, really? It could okay. be. Yeah. You know what else it did, probably did pretty well is that uh, uh, Beverly Hills Cop 2 album went uh, did well. I don't know how well, but. Beverly Hills Cop 1, the album is great too. Yeah. yeah. Neutron Dance and uh, Pete is on and... Uh, Harold Faltermeyer, yep. Axel F. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Dan, Dan, I, I don't know if I could name Dan, one song Dan, from Dan, Beverly Hills Dan, 2 Dan. soundtrack. No, I can't either. All right. Where are All we right, at? All right, so Scott. Yeah. It's your question. Sweet. Okay. So well, who <laughs> rang and sang the main theme song to the movie Weird Science? Weird Science? Oh, that's uh, Danny Elfman and Oingo Boingo. There you go. That is correct. You ticked it on both behalves. Yeah, yeah. Yep. <laughs> Tim, Tim Burton, big fan of his. Yeah. He uses him in a lot. He's great. Little Juice, Batman, Edward Absolutely. Scissorhands, Mars Attacks, yeah. Sleepy Hollow, etc. Yeah. All right, almost Brian. always works with uh, Danny Elfman. Yes. Yes. 
Well, they find those people they just work well with, and it's same, the same with oh, crew, exactly. film crews and stuff like that. They just find people they work really well with. And I've, who I've also got, can I've got a capture, really good quiz for, um, capture your, the vision. Yeah, yeah exactly. But I've got, I've got a good quiz for next time, next month, for you two boys, and it's Hudson Hawk again. <laughs> Fury Road. Scott's most guilty pleasure movie oh. of all time. Oh, that's not a guilty. Fury Road is not a. Oh, it's got to be Waterworld then. I was gonna say well, it's Waterworld, of course. Fury Road's okay. not a guilty pleasure for him. Just yeah, so I've done separate <laughs> questions for each of you. Okay. And I've tried to and keep them even. Watch, so and we get to watch those films the night before we uh, do the show, right? right. <laughs> of course you do. Of yeah. course Thank you do. Goodness. But they're yeah. your guilty pleasures, so you should know them well. I mean, you guys could test oh, me on God. the day after tomorrow. That's my guilty pleasure. So yeah. I think the reason yeah. I like Hudson Hawk so much is because I haven't seen it uh, more than three <laughs> or four times. <laughs> I think if I saw it more often, then I'd probably hate it. <laughs> it's weird, Brian. I watched it for the first time ever after you confessed what your guilty pleasure movie yeah, was. Yeah. And that's a strange movie. It yeah. is a strange movie. And like on the surface, like, okay, a couple of guys who know music so well that they can do bank heists or, or pull off heists based on uh, the length of a song, knowing when the security cameras and knowing when the alarms are going to go off. That's the best but part. Then, and they didn't use the enough part. of that. But then they you've got that whole that. Sandra Bernhardt and Richard E. Grant and Ball Ball and all that stuff. Like, okay, oh, that it's is, weird. That, it's weird. So I've done all your questions. I've got to do Scott's questions. So oh, God. That, okay. that, that's next month. All right. So Scott. Mm. Uh, no, no. No, it's Brian. Oh, uh, okay. Number 19. We're nearly there. So okay. which of these songs was not featured in the movie Highlander by Queen? <laughs> not all right. I, I've got I've got options. Okay. Uh, was right. it Princes of the Universe, Who Wants to Live Forever, I Want It All, Hammer to Fall, or A Kind of Magic? Um, okay, so. That's actually hard. Um, That's a hard one. That is a hard one because that was basically they added those songs onto the end of the Kind of Magic album. Um, yeah, there's never actually been an album released of. The Highlander soundtrack, which is crazy. Yeah, but it's what's great about um, living now because Spotify, Apple Music, everybody, they all have these playlists now that basically compile these albums. It's awesome. So you can go okay. get Yeah, it. that's so, true. You can just like look them up and put your own mm-hmm. sound together. So, yeah, yeah that's all right. cool. So, Prince you of the only Universe. Go through Princes of the Universe. Absolutely was in the film. Forever. 100% was in the film. Mm-hmm. I Want It All. I want to know Ham- may not have been in the film. Keep Hammer going. to Fall and A Kind of Magic. Yeah, Kind of Magic you hear in... Uh, in a um, kind of magic. You hear in Christopher Lambert's antique store. <laughs> you hear it in the background when they're... So I'm pretty sure you hear that one, which is a weird one because that's like their little poppy. Um, so I think it's between I Want It All and Hammer to Fall. Um yeah, why couldn't you have said One Vision? Because I know that's from Iron Eagle, but it came out roughly <laughs> around the same oh time. Oh, my gosh. I going to make it too easy for you, Brian. I know, You're I know. Hammer to Fall. Here we stand, here we fall. And Hammer to Fall didn't come out on the Kind of Magic album, I think. I think it came out on the one before that with um, Radio Gaga and, and all that. I'm going to say, because I could see I Want It All being part of... Um, part of highlander shoot and and here by doing all this i've basically narrowed it down to two which means that if this goes to scott he probably could just pick the other one this is fun watching your process by the way because we get to yeah. see brian break this stuff down it is, in real a, time. it is an isolating like process of elimination on this one yeah um 
I don't even think I think I want it all so it didn't come out in the kind of magic album now that I think about it um, I'm gonna say and I'm uh it's really a coin flip at this moment I'm gonna say it's I'm gonna say I want it all was not in the Highlander correct Wow. Wow. Well done, Brian. Yeah, thank you. Jeez, Jeez Louise. Yeah. Well done. Yeah. And I would have that would have been a gimme because I would have if I would have gone with the uh, hammer to fall, then, yeah, then you could then I would have known. Yeah. Snatched up. Yeah. Yep. I watched Brian's All right, process. So this, is, this is the last question, Scott. Whoa. All right. Mm. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Which Rocky movie was the first to feature the song Eye of the Tiger? By Survivor. Uh, Rocky Three, the Mr. T one. That is correct. Yeah. Yeah. Did they, yeah, did they use that, that in multiple? Did they use that in multiple? I only know it from Rocky Three, but did they use it in four and five? Uh, like, I, it's a good the, question. Probably, I don't probably know. but I said which was the first. Yeah, I don't yeah, know. That's what I meant, yeah. They didn't use it all one or two. Yeah. So right. uh, this, Maybe. this might. I think this might be a tie. Is it, it a tie right now? There were a couple you guys were on. just. Yeah. There were steals on both sides. I'm pulling the chat room back up here now. Okay, Katsumi yeah. in the chat. I just pulled it Bring up too. Bring them back up because I do have a tiebreaker. He says so eight point five. He says eight point five to ten point five. So Brent, Brian wins. Brian wins by two, basically. Right? Because you only oh, do. Oh really? Yeah. Were the, how did you get the point fives? Were those were those steals not worth a full point? Is that how we did it? I don't know how unless that works. it was unless it was the point uh, instead of giving us a full point for each of the Harry Belafonte songs. In case they might have given us uh, half a point for each of those. Oh. In which case, it would be for the Beetlejuice 10, one. 10 I think you 11. each got a point. So then it'd be so, ten to eleven. So only one yeah. point. One uh, point one between point us. Damn it! Yeah, that's really good. Though. Well done. Well done, Brian. And, and, and every every quiz so far, Scott's won. So well done, Brian. Yeah, good job. Thanks. I needed to review my champion. So the well real. Done. So wait, the real score then is two to one. Then right? Because I've got two quizzes <laughs> to Brian's. <laughs> To Brian's one. Okay, Scott. Okay, yes. The real score is They're fine. Two. All right. All right. Yeah. We'll see how 1. that goes. 5 to 1.5. There you go. <laughs> uh, next month, we'll see if he can't even the score or if I can uh, broaden my lead in totals quizzes. One. Yes. We'll see how that well, goes. I'm, I'm nervous about the, because... uh, the Waterworld versus uh, Hudson Hawk because now I'm wondering, all right, well, I definitely will watch Hudson Hawk. Do I also watch Waterworld in case there's a steal chance? Oh, and I really don't want to watch. Hudson I'm not. Hawk. I'm not going to do the steal. Okay, you want? Okay, yeah, good. I'm not doing it. You, you, okay. you boys have specific topics. Yeah. You, you know, uh, Scott's Waterworld, your Waterworld, Scott, and and Brian, you are Hudson Hawk, and there there is no stealing. You don't know the answer. It's as simple as that. So I'm getting all strict on your asses. All right. Nice. Strict ass. I like it. It's Gidget yeah. Von LaRue, everybody. Uh, tell people about the podcast you host so they can go find it, your movie show. Oh, thank you. Uh, it's the Retro Cinema Podcast. Uh, we've just done our top ten. This is really weird because we do a top ten at each at the end of each month. We did our top ten non-80s movies mm-hmm. that are based in the 80s. So oh, that's our most that's recent cool. podcast. Yeah, it's really it's, it was a real good challenge. It was really interesting, and and I'll give it away now. Fargo was my number one. So, mm. uh, yeah, that's that's really good fun. We got Angel Heart coming out next week, and I'm guesting on a lot of other podcasts as well in the next few weeks. So, um, if you can look us up, it's the Retro Cinema Podcast. So give us a listen. Nice. Yeah, you should do that, everybody. <laughs> Go check it out. Uh, Gidget, have a fantastic cool. day or night or whatever it is you have there. 
and we'll see you next it, time. It's not. I'm going to bed. I've got to wake up in about three hours. Oh, my so. Lord. All right. Oh, we'll smoke them if you got them. We'll see you later. <laughs> she's got them. Sleep well. Yeah, she's got them. Oh, very good. As well smoke them. All right. Well, that's actually good that we went a little long because Wendy uh, said Peter disappeared and she couldn't find him. Now she's found him. Oh. And uh, she'll be here in about a minute. So all is well. Whew, thank goodness. Yeah. <laughs> no good to lose your kid. Uh, he just ran off somewhere, but they found him. guys let's talk about five star painting choosing to start your business with five star painting means setting yourself up for success by surrounding yourself with the best in the business and best at the business this entire episode brought to you by five star painting a neighborly company are you an entrepreneur are you driven you want a good opportunity all you got to do is text five star biz five star biz to eight seven zero 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 that's eighty seven zero 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 right now to learn more with Five Star Painting, you'll be your own boss, pick your own territory, set your own hours, and live a better life, uh, or quality of life, rather, running a business that you can be proud of. You have access to the best resources to help you scale your painting business to help you meet your personal goals. And you go home every day with the satisfaction of helping your customers enhance and maintain the beauty of their homes. As a Five Star Painting owner, you'll also be part of the greater neighborly community of home service brands. Neighborly has empowered more than 3,700 entrepreneurs to achieve their dreams and goals through local business ownership. No one knows the home service industry better than Neighborly. Every year, nearly 1 million customers are proudly served by one of Neighborly's 22 award-winning brands, some of which include Mosquito Joe, Molly May, Glass Doctor, and Mr. Rooter. And, of course, Five Star Painting. Hey, I love running my own business. You're going to love running yours. Whether you've been thinking about starting your own business or maybe already hopping into the painting company, text Five Star Biz to 87 Zero zero zero. That's eight seven zero zero on your text to five star biz. That's what you want to write actually. So the number you're texting to is eight seven zero zero zero, and then you're texting five star biz one word. To learn more about how five star painting franchises can help you get to where you want to go faster and uh, better than going it alone. Again, text five star biz to eight seven zero 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 to learn more about the neighborly brands that may be available in your area. And we thank them for sponsoring this show. Um, all right, that means that we're going to take a break. We're going to do a quick song, and then we'll be back with Wendy. We got a topic today I think that is important and pr probably applies to a whole lot of the stuff we end up getting on the show about Therapy Thursday yeah. as it is. So hold on for that. Good. Brian's got a song in the meantime. Brian, what are we doing? Uh, all right, so we're doing a cover for our middle song too, and not just for our last song. This is going to be a, uh, a cover as well. Um, but it's not a cover in the traditional sense of the cover. Uh, if you go see a band called Choir, 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 and they're going to be here in Colorado um, for two shows, one in Boulder on the 6th that I'm going to be seeing another concert that night, so I can't see. The other one is on the 7th, the day after, down at uh, Denver University. When you go see a Choir, Choir, Choir show, you not only uh, enjoy uh, the concert, you are part of the concert because the band... And it's really two guys, one with a guitar, one one is a vocalist, one is a, kind of an arranger. They arrange the audience to do different parts of the music and then perform it all as a group. The entire audience performs it. It's really, really cool. Uh, so Choir, Choir, Choir just released uh, this brand new cover of Billie Eilish's Bad Guy, which I think is the song that unseated um, Little Nas X off of the top of the Billboard charts. 
about time. Thank uh, the Lord. I was so sick of Old Town Road and wanted to die. Oh, my God. Right? Exactly. Yeah. I still don't think I've heard the entire song. I just heard the little clip that they keep using for uh, for memes with uh, Billy Ray Cyrus. Oh, I hate it. I hate but it anyway, so, uh, so here is Choir, Choir, Choir and their cover of Billie Eilish's Bad Guy. Let's talk about Plastique. This episode is brought to you by Plastique. That's with the Q. P-L-A-S-T-I-Q. Plastique. They empower businesses to maximize their cash flow and pay for almost any expense with a credit card, even where cards aren't directly accepted. That's the key. With Plastique, you can tap into your existing credit, maximize your credit card reward points, and even take advantage of potential early payment discounts. Is your business in a cash crunch? Well, is it? I'll bet it is. Everyone's is, right? Nobody's got the perfect thing going on there. Well, Plastique's the best way to maximize your cash on hand. You can pay rent, utilities, taxes, contractors, freelancers, or even business supplies. Uh, And then that skyrockets your rewards, simplifies payments, and use your working capital in whichever which way makes you 
the most sense. Like, why would you want to do it any other way? They accept all major credit cards and charges you 2.5%. Uh, sorry, 2.5%, that is correct, or less per transaction. That is pretty low. Your receipt, uh, or sorry, your recipient then receives their check or bank transfer without ever needing to sign up with Plastique. And since Plastique uses your existing cards, there's no application necessary. It's a great little middleman solution. So, Plastique's fees may own, uh, also be classified as business expense on your tax purposes or your tax forms. So, in addition to the credit card reward points and early payment discounts, the net benefits work in your favor. Uh, I don't like juggling different bill payments, services, and methods. I would love to have this all in one place. Well, that's what Plastique will do for me, and that's what it'll do for you. It's trusted by, our, by over a million customers and has made over 1 billion payments globally, and they offer bank-grade security with advanced encryption, and they have an A-plus rating by the Better Business Bureau. Plastique is also guaranteed on-time delivery, or they'll pay for your late fees. Smart cardholders trust Plastique to grow their business, and we've got a special deal for our listeners. Sign up now for a new Plastique account at plastique.com slash TMS and send $50 in fee-free payments. That's Plastique with a Q, P-L-A-S-T-I-Q.com slash TMS. And you can send your first 50 in payments fee-free, but only when you sign up at plastique.com slash TMS. To make every day more enjoyable, treat yourself often to refreshing, delicious Wrigley Spearmint Chewing Gum. Here's a taste treat you can enjoy indoors, outdoors, at work, or at play. A little glass donkey with a hind leg missing. The Morning Stream. That's my safety word. All right, we're back, everybody, and welcome back to the program. It is time for Wendy Dunford to enter the fray. Yay! Now, is she back at home, or is she still there with you? Back at home. She's uh, hmm. back to school, got all the kids in school. Actually, I don't know if they just started school. Oh, or what's, right. what's the deal? It's something like that. Hello! Hello! Sorry! Oh, you're totally fine. You know what? We went kind of long with the with our uh, quiz segment thing anyway, and it turned out perfect. So, perfect day to lose Peter. It's not a problem. Uh, it's every day. I'm oh, Peter. how is he now? He's, he's fine, right? <laughs> he's, he's all good. Where he's did he? Just, yeah. You know, he just has zero fear of anything and is got a head full of ideas that pop in there and he just follows them. So, yeah, it's yeah. A, I'll tell you something funny about when he, you guys were here and I loved being around your kids. They were awesome. And uh, by the way, expect some packages in the mail. We have this really cool stuff. We're going to send them as a follow up to the art thing. But anyway, oh, sweet. Peter, Peter is nice. outside. I'm outside and I'm just kind of chilling. I can't remember what I was doing. Checking my text. I had the dog with me and Peter was out there as well. This was Saturday night. Everybody else is in being loud. This is after dinner. Okay. So we'd gotten back yeah. and, uh, while we're outside, he proceeds. He's just sort of in his own world over there, and I love watching it. It's like he's just sort of in his imagination. And he goes over to this big bucket we had outside that was full of ice and soft drinks for the get-together. And they'd all it all had melted by then. But he is setting it up so that there's like a big tower of cans on the side of this table thing by the lawn chair. And I'm just yeah. sitting over there watching him do it. And then when he gets done, he kind of rubs his chin, and he looks at me, and he goes, Uncle Scott... Which of these do you like the most? And I go, I go, you and they're mean, all in a stack, yeah. right? 
And he goes, and I said, well, do you mean which one do I want to drink the most? He goes, yeah, in fact, tell me which two you like the most, he says. <laughs> and I go, all right, well, I like uh, that Mountain Dew down there in the corner, and I like that uh, whatever Shasta thing we had. I said, I like that one, too. It's a pineapple thing. Mm-hmm. And he goes, this is going to be a problem. <laughs> and I said, why? And he goes, because that one you like is on the bottom, and if I pull that, they all fall down. And I said, oh, I was expecting like a magic trick where he was going to go, wah, like karate chop and not just the can you want out and all the rest kind of. Yeah, it was a real fun little strange bonding moment. He reminds me a lot of how my brain works. Everyone's got a little Peter in their brain, I think, is what's going on. Yeah. Or everyone has a little Scott in their genes in my family. Yeah, there's a little bit of Scott spread around. Sorry. There's so much Jamie material right here. Yeah, that's no good. But uh, I'll tell I'll tell you what it was really fun seeing everybody. I hope you guys had a safe trip back. When you actually when did you get home? Wednesday. Wednesday. Uh, we flew out Tuesday. Morning. Tuesday. That's right. Oh, it was a short two-hour flight. Okay, here's my question for everyone. Yeah. Are are airlines lying to say how long a flight is, and then when we land early, you just feel like they're awesome and they're messing with us because yeah like, yeah. A little bit. Because my first flight was 40 minutes early. I'm sorry. Is that even possible? 40 <laughs> minutes? Well, usually it's like, oh, well, we had, uh, you know, we were able to get you here on time. They just, I think it's just a common practice now to uh, over over promise, no, under promise the length of the flight so you can over deliver basically. And yeah. Right. Because yeah. everyone so wants to brag about, early. yeah, everyone wants to brag about how many on times they have. So if we just make the landing time about half an hour late, then we'll always be on time. Well, the thing I is, they don't have a lot, they don't have a lot to brag about, right? So when when yeah. airlines are under all kinds of scrutiny for crappy seats and they're getting smaller and smaller, and your bags don't fit, and they're charging you for bags and carry ons, and the food's more expensive, like all those things add up to mm-hmm. be a pretty negative view of a flying experience. So this is like the one thing they can point to and pat it themselves, and then say, "Hey, look at that! We got you there forty five minutes yeah. early." And yeah. Exactly. And I you, mean, it yeah. was crazy early which means you know misha's at home cooking when i land i'm like hey hey, you you gotta come get me now you know because it throws you off anyway and then on the way back we were 20 minutes early yeah somebody's lying did you leave on time you left on time right like left on time hmm. landed 20 minutes early that's all that's very odd either we're (laughs) crapping out all our fuel and uh ruining the world faster (laughs) or they are just had a great tailwind. We yeah. had a great tailwind, so we made some good time. <laughs> yeah, jet yeah, stream. Actually, you don't travel. Uh, I don't know. That was weird. Anyway, yeah. but there's but that. Did you? So, did, yeah, we got home Tuesday. All right. Don't ever forget. Just as a reminder, because you were saying how this happens. Don't forget headphones next time you fly somewhere. Just don't. Oh, forget. I know. I had to borrow three pair from Misha. It was embarrassing. <laughs> three <laughs> pair? Like how many do you use at a time? Well, it's the kids. Well, I, She's got the four kids. children yeah. with no headphones for two hours. Oh, I see what you're saying. Okay, so bad not idea. Just, I thought it was for you. You needed three pairs to listen to, <laughs> but you need it for the whole family. I gotcha. It's like the winter. It was pretty awesome though. There was a baby crying on the flight and my kids were like, wow, mm. can you get that baby to be quiet? And I was like, oh, the irony. Mm. You. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. They you don't were get that to baby. say that. You were that stinking baby during takeoff Actually, and land. all land. human beings, I think, should not have a say in that because they were all babies right. and they would have all yeah. cried. And they all would have cried yeah. when their ears hurt. Yeah. The turbulence was garbage. You, know. you just oh, want to be on a flight with my wife. She'll rush back four rows of seats and help you. She'll bring candy and hold the baby and change its diaper. That's <laughs> She's insane. She does that every time there's a crying baby on a plane. So 
Uh, always hope you fly with Kim. Always fly with Kim. Yeah. That's the rule. Fly with Kim. That should be your motto, Delta. Well, uh, you're here, <laughs> and that's good because we got stuff to talk about. We're not going to do an email today. Instead, we're going to dig into a uh, a topic, and the topic, uh, unironically, is kind of every email we get. It feels like, or at least there's an aspect of it uh, to almost everything we ever get from people. And so I think it's going to be a good one, an important one to talk about for those joining us for the very first time. I'm sure some of you are out there. Wendy's an actual therapist. She comes on Thursdays, does a little therapy for people at home. And today's no different. We're going to do it at large. So we're going to talk about the rise of anxiety in modern culture. It does seem like, now here's the question that I'll start us off with. It does seem like it's way more on the lips of everybody. And I can't tell if it's because there is an actual rise in actual clinically, you know, calculable sort of quantifiable anxiety in people or if we're just all talking about it more because the internet exists or because um you know like anything else like uh everybody talked about uh tampering in the 80s because that tylenol thing happened uh or people talked about razor blades and candy because that one halloween there was one case somewhere in like the mid the midwest and it didn't happen anywhere else but yet for the next eight years, all we talked about was check your candy. There might be blades in there. I guess the question is, is it really as big of a jump as it seems like because it's in, in so much in the national conversation or the international conversation? Uh, or is it less than, and I guess, take it from there? Yeah, no, those are good points. I think that question is is not answerable maybe yet um, because it is seem logical. Like, okay, maybe we're better at diagnosing. Maybe people feel safer to express that they're actually feeling anxiety. And, and I think that's a, that's a big one, right? Like you're safer Mm -hmm. to say it. You can, you know, just the other day, someone was supposed to do some work on our house. They did not show up. We rearranged our entire house Mm. so that they could do the work on the ceilings and they didn't come. And we're like, what the crap turns out he had some anxiety that he just kind of buckled under and could not function. And Mm. he let us know. And we were like, okay, I mean, and, and here's a, here's part of the, the, the interesting thing is like, I don't think he would have said that maybe 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, right. We would have never known. He might've just disappeared. Um, but also he's telling the therapist this. So I'm mm-hmm. like, of course we can reschedule. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, it's almost like, oh, come over. And then while you're working, I'll, uh, we'll get you through it. <laughs> totally. Cause I just need to put my bedroom back into the actual bedroom. Could we do that please? Yeah. No. Right. It's, so yeah. So there's, a, there's all these factors that are, are new with, you know, whatever, but you know, we could say, we could follow the history of ADD diagnosis with autism diagnoses. And you can sort of say, oh, it's because now we are not, we're catching it and now we're et cetera, et cetera. Mm. However, there's some things recently that have made me think, I don't know, it's kind of contrary evidence in my mind. Um, and one is, and if everyone get, anyone gets a chance to read it, it's an article in the Wall Street Journal called The Lonely Burden of Today's Teenage Girls. Mm. So I, while I was in Utah, I did a, um, a lecture at a friend's house. She invited a bunch of teenagers over. I've done it many times with Adam. We've done sort of, it's kind of like a, a technology sort of training where I kind of am the good guy talking about how to heal from <laughs> your social media. And Adam talks about, you know, essentially how um, his industry or, you know, it, the idea is to keep you forever connected to your phones and forever scrolling and stuff, you know, mm-hmm. so it's kind of the devil and the angels sort of joke. Um, but anyway, we, uh, I did it for this friend. She's been asking me for years to come do it. So I did it. So this is on my mind and, um, 
this article is super interesting because it's sort of following these girls and what they're experiencing. And so, you know, there's some things like we, ha we are doing an, a, an, an experiment without any controls to see what happens to all of us to have an incredibly efficient nonstop dopamine producing machine in our hands. Mm. We have, we've never experienced this as a, a race, as a human kind, never. Mm. Um, and so, but we're not, we, you know, it's just whoever's going to make money and make the best app. That's what we all do. So it's, you know, and people are studying the stuff sort of after effects, but this isn't the, oh boy, this isn't going well. We should stop. You know, no one's going to mm -hmm. do that. Mm -hmm. Ooh, I sound a little Minnesotan just then. Oh, okay. you did. It's starting to rub <laughs> off. It's happening. Yeah. I know. Oh, don't you know? Okay. So <laughs> that now, but here's, here's the piece of evidence I was sort of getting to that is me, making me pause. Um, so what's, what they're finding is what girls are doing um, on weekends and socially that they've sort of never done before, even just a generation ago, um, not even a generation ago, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, um, that they're spending most of their times on weekends watching Netflix and scrolling through social media at the same time. It's mm. very common behavior. Mm. And so what they're having is they're having all this social input that is is essentially incredibly foreign to the brain. It's advertisement socializing, right? Where you are seeing just the fun and the, you know, and you're, you're not actually actively navigating anything. You're just observing. You may be participating, of course, you're writing or you're, you know, interacting and, but it's via text. So you're, you're, some of the skills that are developed from everyone going outside and playing kick the can are impossible to develop sitting by yourself on a couch. Um, because you don't have to read facial cues. You're guessing what words mean, you know? So it's just a whole different set of, of skills and, you know, strategies. And, and so what's happening, and they've interviewed all these girls, what's happening is they're having kind of two experiences. One is that they're more isolated. They're, in fact, they're the loneliness. They're the loneliest group. It, there's tons of loneliness studies now, like talk about the new thing to talk about. Um, anyway, and just you know, really struggling with not feeling lonely or feeling good enough and, and not having sort of those interactions that, you know, build who they are or experiences that are building who they are. They tend to stay home. They tend to be best friends with their moms. They tend to, um, you know, really focus on studies, but feel pretty anxious, right? right? That can be really common. And what's maybe happening, and, and then I'm going to share this statistic. What's maybe happening is it's not that the thing they're doing is the, as harmful as what they're not doing, right? Mm. So what happens is, take for example, you, you give a 16-year-old gets their license, they and their friends go somewhere, they are literally on camera, their parents can watch them, they are, can be found at any second, any problem they encounter, all they have to do is ring somebody who will fix it for them, um, you got 12 parents ready to jump in at any moment because this is a dangerous activity, right? Mm -hmm. So what they don't get is any kind of solving, strategizing. Yeah, yeah, and friends mm -hmm. figuring out together hilarious memories, by the way. Like mm -hmm. all of the good stuff that can come from that because, you know, sort of parents are at the ready. And so they're not going to try to struggle. They're going to call, make the phone call, right? It's just a more intense um, version of, of uh, helicoptering. Would you say or no? I would say, and it's no parent thinks that's what they're doing mm -hmm. because it isn't as obvious as like 
have you done your homework? And here, hand me your paper. You know, like you're not active. You're just making sure they're physically safe. So when we were there, just whatever, this last weekend, you know, Mark and and, uh, his wife had an app that showed their front door at all times. Mm -hmm. And their 35-year-old daughter was taking care of the dog and some stuff. You know, people came to the house and they're dying to know what's going on. And mm-hmm. I'm like, what the freak is happening? Mm-hmm. She is 35. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. She, wow. She has her own home. She's just taking care of your dog. She's probably um, got this. She doesn't need uh, <laughs> you guys keeping an eye on her. It's insane. But if, wow. if you think about what that message is, at 35, she's probably fine because she's developed a sense of herself. But when you're not 35, the message is you don't got this. I got this. And so anyway, so here's the statistic that's kind of kicking me in the teeth. I'm having a hard time with this. So the college of, let me make sure I'm saying the right place. Um, Hold on, I was absentmindedly hitting my thumb on my phone, so I lost it. (laughs) Um, Okay, so, um, okay, so a 2019 survey by the Pew Research Center found that 36% of girls report being extremely anxious every day. Extremely. That is one in every three. How do they know what the crazy. scale is, though? If you're the girl, how do you know when someone says on well, a they, scale from they whatever? Do, they do give they? you the scale. Okay. And they, they measure this stuff, right. Right? right? Okay. So then they, they, they sort of, okay, that's going to lead to more being being more risk averse, et cetera. Da, 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 da. Um, okay. So here's where, oh, this is it. So the it's called, this research is from the University of Michi- Michigan's Monitoring the Future Project. Um, oh, sorry. Showing that all the girls, everyone has cell phones. 95% of teenagers have access to smartphones. Okay. So this is one thing that is clear. We know they all have a thing, right? That they didn't have before. Mm-hmm. And not everyone is affected in the same way. You still have two out of three girls who are not extremely anxious, right? So it's hard to know what is causing what exactly. But 72% of the teens surveyed said they felt manipulated by tech companies into, main, into remaining constantly connected. So in their brains, they have this sense that they can't stop, that mm-hmm. someone has created this thing that they can't stop. 72% of kids, that's a lot. Mm, that is. Think about when yeah. you were a kid. Did you think anyone was manipulating anything? No. <laughs> no, huh? No, and I they just, probably were, so yeah. your teachers or your parents or something. But. I just knew that there were probably snakes up there and I wanted to go find one and bring it home. Like, <laughs> like that's right. all I wanted to do is, is those kinds of things. And there was no, man, I never really thought about this, but there was never any kind of now, where are you going to look, get snakes? You can't go get snakes. Uh, only I can go with, like, that doesn't happen. You just yeah, go or get bring sn- only back the purple snake because yeah. I won't be happy otherwise. Right. Whatever. And none of that was a thing right. ever. Yeah. And here's, here's where the messaging, and this is where it's, I'm not just blaming smartphones. This isn't like I'm a Luddite and I just know we should throw it all away. It's, it's amazing technology and, you know, helpful in so many ways, but it's the stuff that isn't getting done because of it that I think is, is concerning. So here's the stat. I finally found it. Sorry. Um, what, cause really the resulting is navigating real life or as the internet would call it adulting is incredibly difficult for people mm-hmm. more so than I think in any other generation. It has, I mean, they can't just be that we're saying it out loud. I mean, everyone I knew, gen, my generation and prior, they couldn't wait to get the hell out of, out of hope at their house, you know, mm-hmm. to have freedom to have the chance, you know, et cetera, to explore the world. And they did. No one wanted to stay. It wasn't comfortable. No, and they didn't. It's not that they hated their family or didn't like their no, parents or any of no, that. They just it was wanted just wanted to be on their own. Yeah, I was yeah. stoked about that. My 
Mm-hmm. Oldest daughter was stoked. I never once went, oh, she doesn't love us anymore. It didn't work that way. She right, was, right. She's exactly. just ready to go. No, man. And, I, and I think it isn't necessarily about the family. It's about safety, right? I think that's the thing mm-hmm. is that safe, right. the only safe place, because if we're feeling anxious, again, remember the brain is all, we're all meant to be afraid. That's what keeps us alive. But when it gets hijacked, so if you think about what your phone is producing and social media is producing, it's producing dopamine and then it produces oxytocin. It definitely doesn't do that. I found a new supply. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But all of these sort of neurochemicals that neurotransmitters that mimic certain things that happen in real life, but you're getting them at any moment of the day in whatever dosage that you want. Mm, yeah. But you ask most people, how do you feel afterwards? Mm. What what happens when you've scrolled on your phone all morning and you haven't done anything the rest of the day? Are you feeling good about yourself? No, but do you know the nuances of what, you know, somebody wore to the VMA awards? I mean, you know what I mean? You know, right. now I know that that sandwich that Bill ate and how amazing it was. Mm. Right, exactly. So you, you end up having serotonin sort of dipping and all sorts of mood responses to that, that you, you, maybe people aren't connecting to that experience, but here we are. Young brains have never had any other experience than this. And they're kind of hanging out. So this is where the numbers get me a little concerned because if you say, Oh, it's just now we talk about it. Um, so in 2011, the American college health association reported that 32% of female freshmen said they experienced overwhelming anxiety or panic attacks in their freshman year. So yeah. again, you have one in every, you know, three women as freshmen are overwhelmed with anxiety or having panic attacks. Mm. 2016, so five years later, yeah. just five, that shot up to 62%. Wow. So explain that to me. That can't simply be, well, now we talk about anxiety and now we diagnose it. I mean, you've doubled the percentage of freshmen who are, ill-prepared to go to college. Mm. And then the article goes on and talks about young girls, what the conversations they're having these days. And you might think, oh, it's about what should we wear for the prom? No, no, those conversations are not what they're having. It's friends who are cutting themselves or a friend with an OCD or, you know, I'm so depressed. So I asked my son, he's 14. I said, so what are kids talking about these days? Mm. And he's like, He's like, well, mom, I've been meaning to tell you this, but I think it's because you're a therapist. People come to me to talk to me about stuff. I said, dude, that has nothing to do with me being a therapist. Mm -hmm. It has everything to do with you being open and pretty stable. And he's like, oh, okay. And I said, all right, so what are they talking about? Because I'm thinking, you know, it's I'm nervous about a class or whatever. And he's like, well, there's a whole lot of conversations about climate change. I'm like, well, okay. And how baby boomers have set the game and they're leaving in 15 minutes and we have to deal with the crap. I'm like, okay. And he said, and then just feeling incredibly depressed or incredibly anxious or terrified of their future careers. I'm like, what? Doesn't anyone feel a little nervous about driving? Mm. Or, <laughs> and mm, it's, right. it's not. That's not what they're thinking about. Mm. It's a super interesting. Like, let's say it yeah. is truly a, an epidemic sort of levels now or you know i don't know if that's the right word epidemic but yeah, probably not epidemic but probably peak peak let's say 95 percent of them have mm-hmm. access to a neurotransmitter machine that's a right, lot right and i you know we were when you were in town we sat and talked in fact i think someone got a picture of it <laughs> we were sitting and talking in the living room and i was wearing a stupid hat 
And um, we got talking about uh, the time that I've what I've noticed about phone stuff, Twitter stuff, social media in particular, that it it I I could I mean if anyone's being honest with themselves, then I guess they would say so. But there are a lot of people who sort of deny this or fight this or whatever. But I can tell there's a there's a tug, there's a pull. It's a weird thing, and that it makes me anxious. I can tell. And in my case, it's, oh, I put that cartoon up last night, the comic. I wonder if, did I get any response? Did I get any response? And I want to go is, look. And, is it, well, yeah, so that's what I was going to ask. Is is that anxiety more about feeling like you need to keep up with the Twitter machine and say, you know, I, I have kind of a quote I need to kind of tweet regularly because I've I've kept up this momentum. If I stop, people are going to think I've dropped off the face of the earth. Or is it um, reactions to stuff you've tweeted? And probably, oh, that one didn't get any reaction. What's prob- going on? Probably at different times, it was the first thing you said, and other times the uh-huh. second thing you said. But in particular, uh-huh. these days, it seems like it's like I like to think I don't want this or need this, but sometimes it's for validation. So I'll post, yeah. like I said, right. that comic. I'll post that comic and I'll go on there and say, oh, look. 150 people with great comments about how they loved it. But there's that one guy, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then I got anxiety about the one guy. Right, so then I'm like, right, well, you know, it, he's probably just being flippant and doesn't care anyway. And why am I even bothering? But right. now I send he him a put, private. He put way less stock in it than you did. Right. You know, so then I send him like, a private message and go, dude, what's the matter? What's how come you don't like? Like, I, I find myself going down that path sometimes. This is something that mm-hmm. never existed in my life before 2007 or so. Mm-hmm. And yeah. and it, it I I definitely feel like there was an uptick of suddenly I've got a lot more people to please than I did in my normal boring life. You know what I mean? Not boring life, but mm-hmm. you know the no. It's 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 like a drug that you get your first taste of. You know, like oh man, that got a lot of retweets and a lot of likes. That's awesome. I'm gonna do another one. Oh, I didn't get any retweets or likes on this. Okay, well, I'll do another one. That'll totally be. I'll get my hit from that one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I get it because I, I, you know, do the same thing. Yeah, there's a well, bit and, of that. And when I was with all these teenagers, I, I had them. I know they all like go to camps and you know they're they're offline for maybe a week in their life. Mm-hmm. And I asked, you know, I had them raise their hands who who had gone at least a couple days up to a week in nature with no technology and quite a few of them raised their hands. And I just said, just start to talk about what that was like. And you, I mean, it is heart wrenching to watch their faces as they describe that they felt peace for the first time. They felt calm. Mm -hmm. They felt like they could explore other things that, that, that they were likable. I'm like, Oh my gosh, what have we done? So the hard part is, I don't know the solutions to any of this. I don't, I don't know how you fix this, but I do know there are some things and it has to come from us. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, you know, like we were talking, I was talking about the abundance stuff. I'm like, think about Spotify. You can listen to anything you want at any second. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And I had a, you know, my friend's husband was there and I said, tell me the, tell me how you used to get your country music. Cause he loved country music. How'd you get that when you were a teenager? <laughs> like two things. I would go buy a CD at Sam Goody's yeah. or, I would sit around and listen to the radio and try to tape it. And hope <laughs> that that song would get played. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. Yeah, and that the DJ wouldn't have talked over it. And that, and I was like, and I'm looking at the kids and they are, I have zero idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> um, but that very, the, the no waiting, the access to everything, which, what that means is you have to restrict yourself 
for your own mental well-being. And everyone's going to be different. Here's the problem, though. Everybody thinks they're fine. But if you take one week off, and so this has been fun at home. Adam has taken Twitter. He has not done Twitter for about a week. And he says, I don't, because he started his new job. He doesn't have time. Mm -hmm. So when he looks at it for a second here or there, he's like, I don't get what we're all doing. Like there's something that happens by having some space and coming back. You go, wait a minute, what? Why are we all mad about a thing? Like it just stops. It's not as engaging. Right. Um, your perspective changes. And I think for teenagers, to, to they don't know who they are. Like Scott, when you had your experience where it's the ramping up and the, the likes and the, the people talking to you and sort of all that stuff that happened around 2007 mm -hmm. and upwards. Yeah. You already had a sense of self. Mm -hmm. And when you're 12 yeah. and 13. And you're developing that. It's mm -hmm. really tricky. Oh, yeah. Having so many of the bricks of your foundation kind of built on social media and kind of that reliance on well because it used to be it used to be relied upon to be in class and hope that that note that girl passed that talked about you was nice or if it wasn't why wasn't it like all of mm -hmm. that all those little drama pins and all of that stuff still existed it's not like it wasn't there mm -hmm. it was just happening in this like slow motion natural you also had to face-to-face right. -face people sort of way and now yeah. it's happening in this like like there're going to be some people that hear and, this and, and think do. we're just old peopleing about social media. Right. We're not. We're no, just No, but back, you know, our our person-to-person -person live uh face-to-face -face social media, you'd know exactly usually what the person meant by their comment because you'd see their face, you'd hear their expression, you'd hear the tone in their voice about, "Oh, he's joking and kind of just giving me a, you know, uh basically a verbal noogie." Whereas when they do it online, it's like Wow, is that guy really hate me? Yeah. Or are they just... And we know nothing about them. We don't know their age. We don't know their name. Yeah. We don't know their right, face. Right. We don't know anything about them. And so it is different, whether people want to admit it or not. Now, the way I use Twitter these days, uh, much more than I used to, is it's my way of... The way I think it was supposed to be envisioned in the first place, which is it's my way to interface with people I want to talk to. So fans can talk to me. I can talk to them. Uh, I can express stuff. I can say, hey, we did this thing. I'm much less concerned these days about one or two dingleberries. Who cares? Like, go go do whatever you got to do. I'm not, not that interested. But it's a great way to interface with people. I don't think your average 12-year-old knows that. They're, that's not what they're out for. They're out for, what does it even mean to say hi to that person that I wish I could say hi to? Ooh, I can do it online because I don't have to really be there or do anything. But then when a real relationship comes up, they're not prepared. They can't do it. Like, it's stuff we haven't studied. We don't have any case data for this, right? Mm -hmm. Right. And then, yeah. and then on the flip side, which is intriguing but also concerning, is, like, they're also so smart and so capable and so much more, but partly because they're not having very long to be kids, mm. right? They have to navigate a harder world. So, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, we... Kids love memes. Yay. But guess what? You don't get most memes unless you have a context for the earth is burning mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. Trump's an idiot or, you know, like you have the broader context to make a meme funny. Mm -hmm. And every kid has that context. So so they're sort of taking in adult information at a record number. And we've never had that before. I mean, you remember, you know, you're in school and the teacher's like, please, for the love of all that's holy, read a newspaper once. You know, can you guys get informed about something? <laughs> and now... I think the opposite needs to happen. Like everybody stop. No more reading the news. We will talk about something in depth 
nuanced in class, like right. quit reading snippets. So, so you just have a weird trans- transitional time. I feel like, I mean, I personally feel like I'm the, the uh, my generation specifically, um, because my kids are in the full blown, all the social media exists. And I don't know if you guys can talk about when your kids were younger. I don't know where the cutoff is, but raising natives, technology natives, when you are not. Mm. And it is like, I mean, parents are just bumbling over each other. Like, what are we doing? And it kind of, we're also addicted. So it isn't like anyone has the upper hand here and can be the adult in the room. We're all just like, uh, stop talking about my phone, you know? So it's kind of this collective uh, brainwashing that's going on. And it freaks me out sometimes. I, I have a hard time when I'm walking out to the car. Uh, we're buying a snake for freaking my son because uh, don't even get me started. Anyway, <laughs> and we're outside uh, and there are 10 adults in their vehicles that I counted as I walked to my car, which is only four or five into the parking lot, all on their phones, staring down in their cars for a while. Mm. And wait, but I can do that and there's nothing wrong with it. But when I see 10 people doing it, (laughs) something is wrong. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But there's something about all of us being so captivated and taken away all the time. So, so let me, let me just throw some out. Okay, complaining, blah, blah, blah. And for those who have only known this, you're like, okay, n- nice that you guys can talk about how great your childhoods were, were but we don't have this option. Mm-hmm. And that is crappy. And I'm sorry for that. But it, it's also, you've got to have more skills in place than any other generation before, which is how to protect your mental health, mm-hmm. how to protect your developing sense of self. So yeah. my first suggestion would be that you gather a community that can help you do that. So if you're living somewhere, so for example, last night, Abe's with a friend, his dad gives me a call. My stupid T-Mobile, bless you people, has screwed up my voicemail and they have to have engineers figuring it out. So if you call me, it will say that my phone is invalid. Mm. (laughs) So this dad tries to call me to make sure I'm home while these teenagers are at my house. And it goes to the thing that says an invalid number. So he's sure his daughter's lying. I send him a text saying, I'm sorry, my phone is broken. I'm in the middle of working. I'll call you right back. Mm-hmm. He, he doesn't believe any of this because he shouldn't. It seems super, super fishy. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, we finally connect and you could hear him just like almost apologizing that he's such a weirdo that he wants to make sure parents are home when teenagers are at, at a home. And mm. I'm like, dude, mm. you're not a weirdo. You're a good dad. Mm. And I'm with you. And maybe we should have a meeting. Mm. You know, like we're... We all kind of feel alone <laughs> mm-hmm. trying to navigate yeah. this as our our teenagers turn into monsters in front of us. You know, it's tricky. Mm-hmm. So anyway, find a community, gather people who, you know, maybe it's your kid's group of friends. You know those parents from your soccer, whatever. Sure. And you just have a deal where there's a whole Friday night or Saturday where all the phones are stacked up in the middle of someone's living room and those kids are just playing. Mm-hmm. And you get the kids to agree and you talk about, Let's try, and they will get a taste of it. That's part of it is you've got to have a taste of the freedom that comes from not being addicted to a thing. Um, and, and it doesn't take a lot. You could go a couple days and just, but you can't go back into those patterns. So maybe it's a, a community effort kind of thing. And even for your own personal self or your family, and this goes for all the adults listening, because I think it's mainly adults listening. Um, you're just as addicted. Let's all just be honest. If you are waking <laughs> up in the morning and the first thing you do is touch your phone and 15, 20 minutes goes by, then you have a problem. You need to get up out of your bed, do your life, and then check your phone. Mm -hmm. So just start with that. So make a goal that every day, 
maybe you put your phone really far across the room mm. or you don't have it in there at all and just buy an old fashioned alarm clock. But just take one behavior that seems a little messed up and stop it mm. and then just see, see how it feels. So it could be something like that. It could be, we've had this day one back when the old phones existed. We never answer the phone during dinner. It is one hour of sacred family time. No mm -hmm. one ever can interrupt us. Mm, so right. my mother-in-law would try to call and we'd say, I don't care yeah. if you're dead. Sadly, good, we don't. That's a good way to get uh, to keep the mother-in-law from calling too. Oh, nope. Sorry, dinner. No, I'm actually cooking dinner. That counts. <laughs> totally. Cooking, it takes yeah. three hours. So don't Right, don't exactly. <laughs> but it may be that you just take a little space somewhere and you preserve it. So, mm -hmm. so one thing I had these kids do, so they all had iPhones mostly, mm -hmm. and I had them go to their settings, to their usage, and really look at oh, what God. they were doing. And you could see their faces. Like one kid's like, oh my gosh, I've been on six and a half hours today. Mm. And I was like, that's probably average. And you don't, you don't know it. You don't realize it. Then there's another little extra layer to go into, which tells you how many times you've touched your phone. Did you guys know that? No, I didn't know that. No. Good. Yeah. Cause yeah, that's a, that's a big difference from just having it kind of on and in the background versus yeah. like actively scrolling through stuff and so it'll tell you what you're doing, education, social media. Yours is probably really low because Wendy types with one finger, as I found out this week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. I have a problem. But then what it does, it gives you your average. So how many times you picked it up today since the first time is 7 a.m., the last yeah. time is whatever. You, it's about five an hour, whatever. Yeah. Um, and so I had these kids just look through their data. Like, if we're going to have data, let's use it. And And then how does it make you feel? And think about... You know, you say you don't have any time. Well, look at all the time. So mm -hmm. it's just good to have that reality check, I think. But then the other thing you have on here is you can set some limits. Mm. It's just app limits, downtime. You look at the link for downtime, schedule downtime. And you just every day, if you do not have your phone on whatever mute in the night, um, you need help. Oh, yeah, like, you're insane if you're not doing that. You got to do that. Private, you're... Like you have to protect yourself. Yeah. Go now, to bed. <laughs> I'm not saying never use this stuff again. Of course. Because it's valuable. But mm -hmm. if you felt like you were in control, so 72% of kids feel manipulated. What if 72% of kids felt like they were in control? Right. And they still used it. I, I mean, it, something's got to give at some point. I feel like this is, I'll I tell like you, I'm I'll, also I'll, a crazy person standing on a hill going, here's a problem. And well, no one else agrees with uh, me. I think, I mean, if they, people are being honest with themselves, I think, I mean, even I can't speak for Samsung or a million other Android makers and stuff, but I, I liked when Steve or Steve Cook, sorry, I've got Steve, uh, I got yeah. Steve mixed up with my Tim. Tim Cook got up at, a, <laughs> at an Apple thing, what, two, Tim a couple, two things, yeah. <laughs> and he got up and he said, um, we know that you guys are using your phones a lot more than maybe you need to. Like he's basically saying, quit using this thing that we rank, we want to sell you every year. Uh, that we and, made way addictive. Yeah. So what, <laughs> so they added a bunch of features like we're going to show you where you're spending all your time. So you can adjust your habits. You can set limits hmm. for yourselves even more easily on the base OS level. Now, whether that stuff's been successful or not, I don't know. But even then, even when the companies who, who profit the most from your overuse of a product are saying, yeah, maybe back off a little, you know, maybe don't use mm -hmm. it so much. That's a sign of something. And so I think if people are being honest with themselves, I'm not saying we're all raging addicts, but I'll tell you what, putting my phone down and drawing with your kids for three hours was delightful because it was pen. It was paper. It was, 
uh, drawing Star Wars stuff, which everyone loves. They're really good, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. We're, yeah, we're interacting. We're talking about how we're doing. How's everybody doing? You know, Pete gets distracted, but in a good creative way. Like, it was a really fun thing. Now, that's a 14-year-old down to a 7-year-old. I realize you're not going to get your average 17-year-old high school thinks he's got everything figured out kind of thing to sit down and do stuff like this. That gets harder. I get it. But do the best you can with that stuff and just try to get, just peel it away. Go away and do a, another thing. I think Brian's really good at this. I'm going to a concert. Me and crazy neighbors are going to go to this restaurant we love. Like you're, mm-hmm. you're moving out of there and you're not taking your phone. And I know it because I'll text him and say, right. hey, what's that thing for tomorrow we're doing? And I don't hear from Brian for three hours. <laughs> right. And it's okay. I know that he's not uh, yeah. riveted to his phone and that's a healthy thing not to be riveted to your phone all the time and I'm kind of Which talking was, to myself here so you know it's me too really quick you give a great example Brian you have taught people how to treat you on social media that they right. everyone will just respect it if you show them I'll get to it when I get to it yeah <laughs> I got a life people and yeah. and you, it's really true it's very I was true. blown away uh this last week I went to uh, a concert and all right so maybe the performer we were seeing probably targets a, a more an older audience than five seconds of summer or 21 pilots or something like that it was it was Brian Ferry of Roxy music but there were you know points that I I made a note to look around the audience and I saw two people who had their phones up who were recording recording the concert and usually like you know Fleetwood Mac if, uh, another old targeted concert really but you look at a lot of these these other concerts and more people are sitting there with their phones up recording the concert than actually you know like looking at the concert with their eyes yeah mm-hmm. right. and I was amazed to see how few people at this concert were um were recording it on their phones or even taking pictures I even took a few pictures put my phone away and you know, and, and enjoy the rest of the show. But uh, I can't tell you the last time that I've seen that few, seen that few people with their phones out during a concert. They it was were weird. in the moment. Yeah. I, I mean, it, and that's kind of a, it's got to be a choice. So there's like a collective part to this and a, and an individual choice mm-hmm. that like, you just sort of have to own your life back and, yeah. and you have yeah. to experiment. I mean, that's the thing. I think that if I say one thing on this show, I say it like this, just experiment. Just mm-hmm. try it. See what it tastes like mm. to have a week free of Instagram if that's the thing you go to. So I've, I've had a lot of people do this. Um, Calm is my favorite meditation app, I ha- and it's blue. And if you're addicted to Facebook, you oldie, then I have you remove your Facebook um, badge and put the calm one in the same spot because we have <laughs> muscle memory. Mm-hmm. So we would open our phones and right. like a uh, always tap go. in the same place. Yeah, exactly. Right. So you put a meditation app and suddenly you've broken your Facebook habit. You probably haven't meditated because it will break it pretty quick if you don't want to meditate. But if you do, it's a great alternative to scrolling mm. on people's dumb, dumb lives, you know? Um, mm. And so like this, this also happened. I'm in the airport. I'm leaving Utah, and I run into some people I haven't seen in a long time, but I have I see them on or on uh, Instagram, so I know a little bit about their lives. In fact, I know probably too much about their lives. She says to me like, "I don't even know where you live now," mm. and I was like, "Oh, I'm so done with following you." Mm. Like it was this <laughs> moment of like, "Oh, not real," and it's not like I don't know that. Mm-hmm, I yeah. know that, but to have someone to my face have no idea what I'm doing. Like I live in America again. She knew I lived in Sweden, but that was it. That was the last time she knew. Mm. And I was like, oh, okay, we're done. I don't want to know about your dumb girl's 
preschool meeting. You know what I mean? Like yeah, right, right. we, uh, yeah. and it was this little moment of like, take care of myself, not to be vindictive or weird or anything, but just that's not a real friendship. And it's clear. Mm-hmm. And I don't really care about what she's doing in her life. I thought it was mutual. It's not. So just face reality. And so, yeah, got rid of her, but that's stupid. But for me, that just felt good. So what feels good experiment? Think of different things that like a great technique is to go to somebody's Twitter feed or somebody's Facebook or Instagram and check your gut. Are Mm. you feeling jealous? Are you feeling gross? Are you feeling angry? Do you feel rage? What do you feel? Mm. If it's not calm and happy for their success, then get rid of it for one week and see what happens. Interesting. Or all of it all together. So what, what we're doing is we're denying how things are, are affecting us and we just keep going. It's like drugs in that regard, right? Mm, mm. So I had a hangover. Oh, well, I'm going to do it again because I love how it feels. Yeah. So instead, it's like tune into how this is actually making you feel and make some big adjustments or minor adjustments and just note what does it feel like a week later. I like it. Uh, we're going to get tons of feedback about this, but if you were uh, on the fence and you don't know if you should, you should, uh, the morning stream at gmail.com. Tell us what you think. What have you tried? Uh, have you found any success in this? Do you think we're up in the night? Uh, we'll take all comers. I uh, would love to hear follow up on this because yeah. it's a thing, man. It's a thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wendy, uh, this is awesome. Anything else going on this week that, uh, we should mention from you? You got any kind of cool things to back? I guess uh, you were just in the Utah. Minnesota state fair, everybody. So yeah. get your tickets. Come on over. It's the great get together. Yeah. Get your, <laughs> go get your, uh, uh, deep fried Twinkie on a stick. Yeah. yeah bacon on a stick this mm-hmm. year. Uh, I'm just doing fried pickles all day, all night. Oh, that oh, sounds so, so good right now. I do like fried pickles. <laughs> and I'm going to go see the butter sculptures of the, you know, the local rodeo nice. queens. It's going to be amazing. I've heard that you can only judge a butter sculpture by whether it is actual solid butter or if they've got a structure underneath that they have packed butter on top of. Ooh, That's controversy. an controversy. I don't yeah. know. Make sure you ask them. Yeah. Do you have an, do you, is there underlayment going on in that butter <laughs> yeah. sculpture? Yeah. How much underlayment is in this butter sculpture? I, de- you, I demand I, to know. I'll ask. I will find out. All right. Well, let us know. That's it was fine. great seeing you. Have a fantastic week. And uh, we'll see you next time. Bye now. Bye. You know, we were talking about like uh, the uh, seeing Tiffany at the at the fair. Yeah. I haven't even talked about this weekend. We're going to go see um, Casey and the Sunshine Band, Cool and the Gang, and Grand Funk Railroad. Awesome. At the Taste of Colorado. <laughs> awesome. That's great. Yeah. Well, I That's didn't know you were going to awesome. do that. Look at you with the yeah the retro business. Oh man, the next day, or no, I guess Sun or Monday, um, on Labor Day, we've got Scott Stapp, voice of Creed, is how he's labeled. Mm. Toad the Wet Sprocket, Taylor Dane, and the Freddie Jones Band. Oh huh. my lord, that sounds like a riot. I think I'm more, aside from Toad the Wet Sprocket, I think I'm more excited about Casey, to- Cool, and Grand Funk. Yeah, I think those would be the ones I'd want to see as well, but. I'm going to do a little dance, uh, make a little love, and get down tonight. Nice. Just like a Saturday night at Ibbett's house. <laughs> That's right. Hey, uh, tomorrow we'll be back for TMS PM. Uh, also tomorrow, Coverville uh, doing the Guest the Connection show tomorrow. What time does that usually happen? That's right. Uh, 1 p.m. Mountain Time at uh, twitch.tv slash Coverville. Nice. Win a uh, prize. I'm going to, I have a big question tomorrow's show. It will be uh, after you're done Ooh. with that, when we do TMS PM, I will be asking the question, how much kimchi Ooh, is too much kimchi? Mm. Oh, is there? Are you looking for a? Is this going to be a percentage? I don't um, know. How about like percent? A, like a percentage of meal? Let's say that. 
Okay. All right. Quantity per day. Oh, there's there's a lot of ways to answer this. I can't wait. Actually, it's probably a combo of those things because right now I'm addicted and I can't stop eating kimchi. So we'll talk about <laughs> it. It's been great on my guts, nice. though. I love it. Anyway, uh, more on that tomorrow. <laughs> and uh, again, 1 p.m. for Cover, Coverville's Guess the Connection. That'll be at coverville.com slash live. Is that where you do it still? Or are you just doing it slash Coverville on Twitch? I forget. I do twitch.tv slash Coverville. I think Coverville... Uh, coverville.live or coverville.com slash live still redirects there but oh good yeah why why let's take the middleman out you all know twitch twitch.tv slash coverville that's easy enough yeah easy enough let's see where does it take yeah. me if i go there i'm just curious yeah see where it, uh oh okay it's your coverthon <laughs> oh that's coverville.com slash live yeah just does the cover yeah it does page. have your embedded uh your embedded twitch though so i guess it yeah would work, so but... it, it would yeah there you go. So yeah. twitch.tv slash coverville. There you go. Uh, then what else? Uh, tonight, Current Geek with Tom and I, he's back and we're doing it usually Tuesdays, but tonight we're doing it because of uh, his travel. And what else is today? Uh, Frog Pants Plays may happen. Depends on how quick I can get a meeting over with in the next hour. It may be late when that starts. So I'll let you guys know on that. I now have... I now have these all charged up and connected to my uh, nice. PS4, my Move motion sticks. And I kind of, uh, as much as I'm excited to try my No Man's Sky, mm-hmm. this is finally the the um, all I needed to finally deal with some Beat Saber. Deal with. Oh, finally get Beat, Beat Saber is so Beat good. Saber. I love Beat Saber. I, I, I love Beat Saber. I have that on mine as well. It's so good. You'll love it. You'll love it. I can't wait. I can't wait. You have to tell me if you can buy. I wonder if the PlayStation VR version lets you buy a bunch of new tracks or not. Because the, I know it lets you buy. Because when I was looking at it, it uh, you can buy for twenty nine ninety nine the game. For thirty nine, you get um, Imagine Dragons, like about twelve Imagine Dragons songs. Oh, that's cool! I didn't know they had yeah. that deal. Well, yeah. I love I love the music. Radioactive, radioactive. They were they got some Utah connection. I forget what it is. That band. Maybe they met in Provo, uh, something like that. One of the members is from Utah, isn't he? Maybe that's it. Maybe somebody yeah. went to BYU or something. I think something. there's there's some from Vegas, and there's some maybe from one from Utah. Yeah. I can't remember. They spend all their time imagining dragons, which is really weird. They do, exactly. How do they get anything done How? with all the dragon imagining that yeah. they do? Yeah, imagine dragons. How do they work? All right. Hey, we're going to take our leave. <laughs> Big thanks to everybody for supporting us at patreon.com slash TMS. Please continue to do so. And if you haven't yet, consider it. That's patreon.com slash TMS. We send lots of physical goods to you. How do I know that? Because our costs are really high on that, but we're happy to do it. Head on over there. Patreon.com slash TMS. It's the end of the month. Time to still squeeze one in if you haven't yet done so. Also, we're at frogpants.com slash TMS. Our email, our Twitter accounts, all that stuff is there. And we thank you for listening this morning. Brian, let's get out of here with a song. Do you have yeah. one? I do. Mark S. wrote in. By the way, there's a great Gilbert Gottfried clip out there where um, we were talking about him with that whole concert of the Juggalos. Mm. Uh, he's entrenched in this culture probably a lot more than we realize because he identified himself as the Tortilla Man from Slipknot. He's oh, like a new wow. a okay. new character in Slipknot. Uh, whose face looks like a big tortilla. And wow. uh, Gilbert Gottfried says, I'm the tortilla man from Slipknot. <laughs> anyway, I'll, I'll send you the clip. You can see if there's anything in there worth uh, editing, uh, trimming out for the show. All right, I'm in. Uh, hey there, Goose and Fury, says Mark S. On August the 28th, I'm turning the ripe old age of 43. I'm a big fan of the metal covers done by Disturbed, Power Man 5000, and the like. To celebrate the only August holiday, could you play a hard-rocking, head-bobbing, toe-tapping, sing-along song to get my blood pumping? If you can't settle on anything that epic, 
I'll settle for a tender crisp bacon cheddar ranch instead. Shit. Hold on. Cheddar. Got it. It's a tender crisp bacon cheddar ranch. That was pretty fast. That was really good. Well yeah. done. And we didn't get like eight clips of other things uh-uh. uh, beforehand. <laughs> uh, thanks, guys. Hope your August 20th holiday was as awesome as mine. And while you're at it, go ahead and take that day off. Signed, Mark S. <laughs> from Kohler, Wisconsin. Well, it was yesterday. Hope you had a great birthday, Mark. Had a lot of stuff. I actually still do have a lot of stuff that was um, scheduled for the 20th. A lot of people having birthdays and things like that. But we're getting yours a day late. Hope you still enjoy it. You mentioned Power Man 5000. I like Power Man 5000 as well. And on their 2011 album, Copies, Clones, and Replicants, they do this cover of In Excess's Devil Inside. That does rock. Here is Power Man 5000 and Devil Inside. We'll see you guys on the other side.
of the Frog Pants Network. Frog Pants Network. Get more shows like this at frogpants.com. Gilbert Gottfried's 